This is the Depth Charge Podcast by me, Ed Sugars, live from the Swoon Studio in Shanghai. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Depth Charge. What's going on here, Paul?、Uh, this week we have a guest.、Um, <laughs> it's a guest we've been、uh, hoping to get on the podcast for quite a while.、Mm. He、I'm、is very excited.、Uh, uh, introduce yourself, man. Oh wow, wow. Well, no, no, no. You don't have to introduce yourself, actually. No, I can. I, I can.、Okay. We, um, he should. I've、okay. done it once or twice. I, you know, I'm, I'm familiar.、Um, oh, I got the camera in my face. We're really going for it right now. Okay. That's, that's, okay. I see how this is going to work. I was just kidding. I see how this is going to work. We got. How is it going to work? We got to. It's got to be on the IG, right? We got to put it、like, on the social media. Yeah, Otherwise, the tree falls、bit. in the forest, and it isn't on Instagram. I'm not on Instagram, so.、Uh, <laughs> I'll be like, a, I'll be like a ghost. I won't actually appear in the photo. That's the best kind of person. <sighs> well,、true. yeah, it is an absolute pleasure to be here.、Um, mm. I am Dan Elbert. Yes, the renowned, the renowned, the one and only, the sexy sex Dan.、Oh, as no, we call no, 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 no. <laughs> I was, I should have put that in the contract. We can't say that in this episode, man. Well, you know, you're famous for that in Chiang Mai. I know, but I this know. is on the internet. This could get out. It's a digital footprint for you. Right this、here. could go other places.、I、I'm、know. trying to like sequester this name. I know this city. it will be going places because I know you're gonna be so successful. Like、oh. people are gonna track down this fucking podcast. Oh my god! It could be.、Uh, <laughs> you tell my mom that. <laughs> sure. No, no, no. <laughs> but like, it, <laughs> 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 all right, I walked right into that one. No, no, no. Hey, you、oh, know, no, we're off to a start here. We're off to a start. I did my best to let、um, sexy die, but it, thank you. It, it wouldn't.、Uh, it, I couldn't help you. It's just un- other people are unwilling. So this、mm, is true. So true. The, so I think true. the best you can do at this stage is to just let him be one of your alter egos. You know, like、okay. uh, Esperanza Spalding had Emily D and、uh, huh, really, she, yeah, Emily D. Yeah. What a choice of name. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't aware of this actually. Oh well.、Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's well, um. That's very informative. Well, maybe it's Emily. Just, maybe it's just Emily. Maybe it's not Emily D.、Very、I'm not sure. Very informative. But,、uh, well, with the D, you know, us guys always tango with the D. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's an ego that I want to shed. You know, you don't want to be you don't want to be unsexy,、mm-hmm. right? right? Right. But、um, it's never something I lean lean too far into, right? You know, I'm always、uh, goaded、wow. into playing the song, and I have to, you know, kind of demure and run off stage and everything. I probably keep that up. <laughs> Demure—that's、so. a that's an interesting. Well, at least it didn't come from you, right? People didn't really like, you know. No, it's like, oh, Dan, what's your name? I'm sexy, sexy Dan, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird. That'd be a little. That'd be weird. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It's something you once said about you, but you, you don't say it about yourself. You'd be surprised at how much people I met like that. That is that is that kind of person. Yeah, they would give their own like fucking uh, uh, AKA shit. Sure. No, sure. of course. Well,、um, yeah. I think it was、uh, what Dave King said. We live in the age of、uh, false humility, <laughs> right? If he if he did、um, if he did separate like sexy sex Dan out into an alter ego and、uh, let let him live his life and you leave、uh, Dan Elbert. Uh, seri- ah. Serious jazz musician's life. You could see who's more successful at the end of the road. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, uh, release a、be. bunch of music. Like there's like a body double or something who's doing, you know, playing the saxophone. Or it's there's you never see the face, right? And, you,、mm-hmm. and then it comes out thirty years later, the same person. Yeah. There's some guy I think on on YouTube like the Sax Squatch or something like that. I、the、don't know if anybody、squatch? knows. He wears a Sasquatch costume and plays. And he plays. <gasps> I don't know if I'm sure people know who he is, but maybe people. 
people don't know who he is. But maybe something like this. This could be this could be a possibility. Sounds like a perfect meme. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Well, we're right off to it, aren't we, guys? Uh, of course, we're getting man. right in it, man. Man, I mean, it's been so long since we've done a, a podcast. Yeah, how long has it been? I don't know. I dreamt it. You dreamt it? I dreamt that we did a, another podcast before you did, and I forgot about that episode. Uh huh. But actually, we haven't done any. And this no, was in my dream. Well, didn't we do one a month ago? We did. Yeah. But I thought, like, we did another one before we invite Dan. Oh, yeah. I, I and think this I, was in my dream. Like, right. there was this conflict in my dream having mm. about podcasts. And I woke up, oh, shit. Oh, this is the real world. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, it's good to be. I mean, it's good to be here. I've been a longtime listener. Oh, uh, thank you. you know, I've, I've heard, I think, probably the majority of, a majority of the episodes. Oh, thank you, man. Um, thank you. Yeah, you know, I, I loved, um, you know, there was the, the history of the Northgate one was was, mm. was great. I love the interview you guys did with Zia, uh, oh, who yeah, I just yeah. ran into the other day, actually. Yeah, I didn't oh, know he, right. he'd stuck around the whole pandemic. I didn't, I know, didn't know that either. Yeah. I, mean, I thought he already left. He got, um, he tried to go, but uh, he got turned back at the airport, unfortunately. His, oh, uh, my God. Uh, um, overly officious customs of... Mm. Uh, immigration people saying he didn't have enough pages left in his passport. What um, the hell? That's what happens to me every time. I'm like, yeah, I, I got. I'm going to go back to the U.S. You know, get back to all this stuff. Oh, I got turned away at the airport. I guess I got to stay for another few weeks. You know, it just keeps <laughs> happening over and over and over. Happened to me for years. You know, Whoa, so man, I think it's happening to everybody. You know? Dan, I mean, since we're getting into it, I, I let's go. I, I want to know, let's go, like, man. how how did you come? To Thailand, like what? What's the story behind uh, the sexy sex Dan here? Oh man, <laughs> the beginning, what? the origin of like, <laughs> the origin, the origin of the uh, the Dan in in Thailand. What's what's that about? It's a it's a long story. Um, yeah, I so I had a very different life uh, about <laughs> ten years ago. Ooh. No, a little more than ten years ago, about eleven or twelve years ago. Um, I wanted to go to music school as a kid. Really? Yeah, I wanted to go to NYU, not Berkeley. It somehow wasn't on my radar. I didn't know NYU has a had a music program. Yeah, I think I, I wanted to be in New York. They have a, they have a good jazz program, mm, and okay. my mom had gone there ah, um, as well. Okay. So yeah, I really wanted to go to music school. We couldn't uh, afford it though. Mm, it was a little mm. expensive. Uh, I ended up going to Cal, UC Berkeley, and kind of getting out of the flow of music. So right, I was playing right. really seriously in high school and then kind of fell into like a whole other thing um, at Berkeley and the horn went in the closet for a really long time. And I didn't end up playing for something like seven years. Wait, what year was that? When I was like 18 to 25, basically. No, no, I mean like, like in... in like what? 1962 to... No. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, no, it was like, uh, what was this? I guess this would have been 2004 to 2008. Okay, okay. That um, makes sense. And I guess it was 2010. I went to college 2004 through 2008. So you were actually in, in, in Cali in 2008? Yeah, I mean, I grew up there, but I was, in, I was at UC Berkeley from 2004 I was to in Cali in 2008. You were in, where? Where were you? Uh, Pomona. Pitzer, oh Pomona? yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Two thousand eight. I actually toured Pomona. I, I, ah. I was, I almost went there. It felt a little small. Yeah, man, it's good school. It's a very good school. Do yeah. you like it? It feels small for it. you. Or you dig it? Oh man, I, I met Bobby Bradford there. Okay, I studied with him. Okay, it was great, man. Yeah, I, I, um, you know, I thought it was beautiful. I really it enjoyed, is. it. and in a way, I think it would have been interesting to see what life would have been like to go back and study there because oh, the classes God, are man. like five what? colleges. The and so party. small, right? Like the the classes are 
12 people. I had like 400 people in the class, yeah. right? You, you could get in line to talk to the professor. Oh, man, the, en- the ensemble class was just, you know, it was really nice to get close to the, to the professor. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't really possible. You get close <laughs> to the TA, but not the professor. But yeah, man, so I, went, I went to school in, in, you know, in, in Berkeley and then kind of got out of the flow of music and, and got a job in business, and I was wearing a suit to work every day in San Francisco. Not a full suit, but like a really? know, half suit. Yeah, and I, I wasn't playing at all, and then... Um, uh, a girl, a pretty girl, had heard that I used to play music, used to play saxophone, and she's like, oh, "I'm starting a band. You want to play in my band?" Huh. And I was like, <laughs> "Did Absolutely. you play in her band?" <laughs> <laughs> no comment. As <laughs> um, so I got, I got the horn out of the closet. I went to a, like a practice facility it was down the street from me, and I started playing again. And it was like, "Wow, man, it's all gone. Like huh. it's all gone." Right? I had a little bit of a sound left over, but I couldn't. I was, a de- I was a decent player in high school, right? And it was amazed me how much it disappeared. But so we started playing together, and it, what I could do worked really well for her music. She was a singer-songwriter, so like a lot of textures and swells and kind of, you know, mm. long-tone type stuff. And okay. didn't have to be like, a, you know, ripping Charlie Parker or something right, like right, that right. Over, over her music. So we started playing a lot around San Francisco. We went to playing once a month or once a week or several times a week, and it kind of like slowly took over. And that's like 2008, 2009. Yeah, this was like, I uh, started 2010 about. Oh, okay. Um, huh. So I started like kind of the snowball started rolling down the mountain um, musically for me again mm-hmm. we were playing a few times a week and it was taking over a lot of the energy I had been putting into work okay um, I had originally thought my like life and career were going in this business direction and all of a sudden kind of music crept up on me right hmm. um, or crept back up on me because um, it is what I originally wanted to do right um, and then eventually I started getting I did some stuff as my own projects um, I started getting called for some other gigs. I played a couple gigs that were really um, kind of life-changing for me. The, the one that really did it was this uh, gig with a singer, Alan Stone. Mm. Um, like an R&B singer, we played at um, the Great American Music Hall. I grew up with his trumpet player, or his trumpet player at the time, and so when they were coming through San Francisco on tour, he asked if I wanted to play. Mm. And this is just like a life-changing experience. It was a beautiful Sounds kind like of it. thing on stage, like, you know, Growing up playing jazz and having this like separation between the audience and mm. the musicians where kind of all the energy is taking place on the stage and then mm-hmm. the audience is quiet and listening. And then going and playing this crazy R&B gig where like mm. everybody, like 1,500 people, they all know his songs, mm. they're singing the words. Mm-hmm. And there's this like back and forth between like what they're giving is we're taking and what we're giving they're taking. And mm. it was just kind of beautiful exchange. and. I just remember I decided I was like yeah I've been looking for like what my calling is in life and I thought it was maybe like some sort of startup or something in San Francisco mm-hmm. and, and right. I was like, no th- I think this is it so um, I pretty much decided at that point that music was kind of the path I had to follow this is all going to answer your question very soon sure 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 um, uh, the, the music was the path I had to follow and um, a couple weeks later their tour manager called me and said that um they had a tour opening for Dave Matthews Band, and they wanted to ask me to play wow. in the horn section. Wow! And I was like, "Absolutely, right? Yes. Let's go!" Wow! And I grew up, you know, making out to Dave Matthews music <laughs> and everything. This Shit, is, really? You know, oh, of course, man. <laughs> um, so this oh. was this was a huge thing for me, and it's going to be playing for like thirty, forty thousand people, like Shit, venues man. that I had gone many times to see, like big concerts. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and so I, I think actually the next day um, I called uh, called my company and. and put in my 30 days notice wow. and I will never forget about two weeks before the tour um, 
the tour manager called me back. Mm-hmm. I was at the dentist. Had a guy, you know, fishing around in my mouth. <laughs> and I pick up the phone because I don't want to miss the call from the tour manager. And he says, "Hey, so um, we've been, uh, you know, we've been rehearsing a lot with with Dave, going over the set, um, you know, and uh, his horn section, Jeff Coffin and Rashawn Ross, like." Uh, they offered to they offered to play the horn parts for the gigs. So actually, we, we we don't need you. Oh God! I uh, hope you haven't done anything too crazy. Like you know, bought plane <laughs> tickets. We'll, we'll definitely copy for the plane tickets. And I was like, yeah, definitely, definitely didn't do anything too crazy. You know? <laughs> 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 definitely didn't quit my job and like kind of plan a whole new life and everything. Um, so yeah, had a had a moment of panic uh, in the dentist chair. Um, yeah, yeah. Everything cool? Yeah. yeah it was- Okay, yeah, I had a moment of panic in the dentist chair and then, um, you know, realized it's like, okay, this is 12 nights in September of 2011 or whatever. Like, but I had already committed to the idea of being a musician um, for the rest of my life. Mm. Um, and that goes way beyond those 12 nights. So like, okay, this really incredible, like bookend to one chapter mm. and the start of another has disappeared. Um, but... At least it wasn't I, Kenny G that stole your Hey, kids. right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not bad. I mean, it's stolen by Jeff, Jeff Coffin and Rashawn Ross. Um, and he actually did a clinic on my master's program uh, like a year ago. And I meant to go up to him afterwards and be like, hey, man, so uh, about those gigs. But you I, owe me one. I didn't too. do it. I chickened out. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And if I ever see him again, I'll definitely say something. Um, well, shout out to Rashawn Ross. <laughs> but, but yeah man so i decided like no this is this is still the path this is still absolutely what i was called to mm. do and um i'm just not going to start it with this thing that feels like this major life change and like a like an imprinting of a new identity mm. just lost my right ear it's, it happens um, oh it happens okay um yeah so i was kind of looking for something to start the new chapter and i knew i wanted to be a musician but mm. i was not a good musician um i you know i wasn't what i was doing with um the singer songwriter like it didn't Mm. you know didn't it required a real attention to sound but it for sure it didn't require like a lot of chops right and i i was aware like hey i'm coming from this really high performing like type a thing that i'm very good at and i'm i'm now like i'm a musician yesterday i was wearing you know dress clothes to work and now i'm a musician like i don't feel like a musician i still feel like a consultant Hmm. um so and god i I don't really feel like i can play that well and i I really want to be able to take myself seriously and you know Hmm. like bring some you know talent and credibility to the music that i'm playing so i I was like man i want to just kind of drop off somewhere and shed for a really long time i didn't want people to kind of see me um Hmm. going through this like the cocoon you know like ah. i just wanted to kind of go and deal with all this stuff and then come back and like be at a certain level and um and uh i had a roommate at the time who was a big traveler and he'd mm. been all over the world and um i said man work i got like twenty twenty thousand dollars that i've saved for my job over the past five years uh where can i go and stretch that like a long way it's like where can I go and just practice all day and like not worry mm-hmm. about money for a year mm. he said you go to South America or Southeast Asia and I was like Asia sounds Asia sounds pretty cool mm. where, sh- where in Asia and he said you should check out Thailand Th- mm. Thailand's amazing and I was like done so I just booked a one way ticket wow. came here but you didn't you didn't you didn't come to Chiang Mai right away right you went somewhere before. no I I did not come to Chiang Mai right away um, I mean I did land here okay. um, so this was I think the first place I came, I spent some time here. I went to Pi. I got, huh. I did the whole 
just everything cliche. I didn't have a Chong tank top, but I got in a motorbike <laughs> crash. Okay. You know, so I had the bandages. My first time playing in Northgate, I was wearing sandals, shorts, yeah. um, and bandages uh, from my motorbike crash. It was not a good uh-huh. look. So you, like, you actually went to Northgate before you went and did all the shedding in... Exactly. Uh, I went once. I got my ass absolutely handed to me. I remember Thomas was there and I Vincent. Remember, I remember Thomas that night. would do it. Vincent, Vincent on flute, Vincent, right? Yeah. I was, remember that night, man. Was incredible. And I was just like, I am not ready for this, right? Like, I think I, I saw you, right? That's the first time we met. I mean, I stuck out like a sore thumb. I look like a mummy, you know, a mummy <laughs> I, in shorts and sandals. And my, my friend in Boston always says, no one ever played their best in shorts. And you're the exception to that rule. But <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't, play, I don't play in shorts. I don't play in shorts. You play in shorts, man. You play just, our gig in just shorts. Now, just now. Okay. Just All right, now. But you make it look good. Uh, I don't I have calves like that, I man. Know, like, You've had your phases. You played in kimonos for quite a long time. <laughs> kimonos. <laughs> right? That's, well, yeah. Uh, what, yeah. Is it not kimono. Yeah, yeah, what, what, what am I trying like to say? It's sarong. Yeah, sarong. It's like Isan, Kyo, Sarong. Yeah. Right? Yeah, people just ask like, so what's underneath <laughs> underneath oh, that uh, sarong? I told him that's your mom's I'm... lipstick. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All <laughs> <laughs> right, we there. We there. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, man, so I, I came to Northgate my, like, not my first night, but maybe my like, second or third night. It was terrified. It was a traumatic experience. I remember this um, shaved-headed Canadian guy being like, you know, um, you should really stick around. You could learn a thing or two. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out <laughs> to Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Oh. Don't spit that out, LJ. Oh, man. And, you know, awesome. and I was like, I, I knew I knew better, right? I was like, no, man, it worked for Charlie Parker. Like, he went off in the middle of nowhere in practice. Like, I don't need people. I'm, I'm good all by myself. I remember that night when I first met Dan. He was so cocky and shit. Uh, I just, oh, man. I w- it was more like insecurity, like, um, or uh, maybe not cocky. No. Well, not cockiness. Insecurity masquerading as ego. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I had all the answers, but really, I was just terrified to go out and play with y'all. I was, I, I, I mean, <laughs> he didn't know what he was getting himself to. I mean, I think I, I saw you before, like, Norgate was just, like, just opened the, the gate, right? Just opened the door, and yeah. you, were, you were just standing around, and you, you walked by, and then you, you saw Opa and me, and me. Yeah. We, yeah, we, and yeah, Opa I think just, I'll, like, invite you Opa to didn't have a shirt on. I probably not. No, I remember very clearly. Yeah, he did, he yeah. didn't wear a shirt much back then. Yeah, yeah he was no. practicing downstairs, yeah, sure. probably recruiting. Yeah, we, um, no, we, were, we, were, <laughs> we were. Yeah, we were practicing on time. You know. Yeah, me and Opal back then. And I think Paul. I, I'm not sure if it was when it was you and you, you and Paul and I went to dinner at Kakamu, uh, Kakamu Changpuk. Uh-huh. Uh I think it was that night. Maybe it wasn't the first night, but um, I don't think it was the first night. No, it wasn't the first night. No. But yeah, I, I waltzed in. I got my ass absolutely handed to me. I was terrified. Kevin's like, you don't know what you're doing. You should stay. <laughs> you need people. You need this scene. This would be good for you. And I'm like, no, no, no. I totally know better. And of course, I did not. And I went off and I found a place to maroon myself in where no one could watch me suck mm-hmm. um, until I would hopefully not suck anymore. Mm-hmm. And that, that entailed some rude awakenings. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I ended up in none. Yeah, um, that's what it is. 
Nan for a year. Nan for a year. And I was in Nan, in, I guess in Namuang for mm-hmm. three or four months in a situation I can't believe I ever left. I was living in a guest house and practicing in an ice cream factory. Interesting. And the top, it was an old, like, True Move satellite warehouse. The first floor had been converted to an ice cream factory. Man, I, didn't, I didn't know that. And so I had, like, a studio upstairs decorated with satellites. And then on the first floor, the staff <laughs> and I were buddies. So, like, whenever they had a new flavor, they like, yell up at me to come try it. Damn. And it was based on coconut milk. Right, I'm like, sure. tolerant, so I could actually have this shit. Right, right. It's amazing. So, and sometimes they'd like, I'd be studying theory late in the day and they'd forget about me and they'd lock me in and go to like some other city to make a delivery. And I'd be like, you know, when I call my point, where the fuck did you go? And they're like, stop complaining. You're in an ice cream factory. Just eat ice cream. We'll be back in two hours. Um, so I can't believe I ever left this place because it was incredible. Um, and if I could do it all again, I'd probably still be in that factory right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up moving. I couldn't find a house in none that I could shed in. Mm. I was I, had to, I was just staying in this guest house. So I ended up moving to Bua. Am I saying that right? Pua? Bua? P-U-A. I don't know. I don't know. Is it like a, a Nian, right? Ampo Pua. Ampo I don't know Nan very well. I don't know Nan. Okay. Okay. No yeah, it's about 60K from Nan. Okay. Um, and that I got doesn't a, sound like Nan at all. It's <laughs> in the province. Wow, is that big? I didn't know Nan was that big. It is a, it is a big province, yeah. it's um, It's got an incredible national park. God damn. Um, I need to search about that. Yeah, really, actually, some of the, the nicest kind of motorbike driving I've done, like you, if you go to this um, salt mining village called Balklua, um, oh, yeah, yeah. there's like beautiful drive for several hours on this, just the spines of these incredibly tall mountains and you arrive and oh, it's a restaurant. Yeah. Okay. Boa. And uh, like there's a restaurant there with a very famous chef from Bangkok and one of the best meals I've ever had. Like it's, there's a lot actually to see and do there. Um, hmm. I highly recommend it. I, I, I want to go. I never really went. Yeah. The town, the main town actually, non, non city is, is beautiful. Damn. It really feels like kind of pie without farang. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and you're, all the you're, that, you're that fucking out. colonial shit going now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, there, I mean, there are about like uh, 12 foreigners there, maybe 12 or 14 foreigners. A lot of just like young, like 25-year-old English teachers and stuff. Um, so I had like a really nice little group of friends there, which was cool. You know, play soccer by sure. the river and, and hang out. It's some good Thai friends and everything as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, Pua had almost nobody. I was yeah, literally yeah. maroon. I marooned myself in this I town 60k from any English speakers wow. um, and got a house not on a farm but next to a farm so hmm. there were horses and cows and horses every and few cows. days a, a horse would escape and I'd just see like the farm hands like chasing after it down the street <laughs> I'd be sitting there playing Charlie Parker solos and I'm oh, like what is God, my life man that's, six months ago I was like working in an office building and you know like slacks <laughs> and a dress shirt and now I see these guys so this is like after. what 2011 2012 uh, this, this is 2012 12 yeah yeah end of 2012 Shit, end of 2013 man. and uh, yeah spent a year uh, playing like 10 hours a day and not having a teacher hmm. and going through quite a lot of ups and downs because it was not as, um, uh, as, as Kevin was, I think, um, ha- maybe not happy to discover, but to, to be maybe proven right. It was not as, uh, um, effective as I thought it was going to be. Well, you know, some people need, need time to, you, you know you need time like that to be alone with yourself i mean musashi did that you know you know musashi you ever heard of musashi he's a no. uh, the best uh, japanese swordman in uh, japanese history oh never lost a a, a duo about yeah okay so You're he actually familiar. taught taught uh self-taught himself hmm. he first killed a man when he was 13 same and then, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I'm here? <laughs> the, real re- the real reason for the this real, yeah, yeah, exactly. In, uh, in Stop that fucking bacon right in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man. man, yeah, but you know, I think that's a that's really interesting, man. I didn't know that you. I thought you went to Nan before you came to Norgate. I I mean, I had literally one night here and then ran six hours away, oh, you know, shit. to hide somewhere even further, um, and yeah. only came back Seems when like yesterday. Yeah, really, really, only came back actually when I was kind of, I was a, not at my wits' end, but like I had really discovered how maybe unfruitful the, that approach was. I think the whole like solo journey onto the mountain um, to train yourself will work for some people. And it, and it certainly works, I think, for... It works yeah. for Obama too, you know. Yeah, I mean, this is maybe a certain personality type or certain like, um, maybe you have just a certain innate talent or something like yeah. that. Um, but I, I really learned quite quickly I thought I just needed time like everything else in my life. I just input equaled output, mm-hmm. right? I just worked hard and I got results and the results were generally good. Like I was really good at my job. I was a good student. Like, And this turned out to not be that at all. I was like, I'm practicing so much. I'm not getting any yeah. better. And like, I'm running out of money. <laughs> you know, like it really, it really actually, I mean, it was a beautiful experience and I wouldn't trade it for the world. But mm. it was also like, it was, uh, there were a lot of downs, you know, sure. like feeling a bit sure. like, uh, oh, that's what reality feels like, uh-huh. you know, when when your expectations come crashing up against it. Um, and I eventually I got to the end of a year thinking, okay, I had planned to stay here just for a year. And I was like, mm. all right, I'm going to go back to the U.S. And, um, uh, you know, I'll be like, I don't know, it'll be great, but I'll be at this level where I can like kind of have self-respect and like feel like, yeah, I'm a musician. I'm good. I'm competent at this thing. Mm-hmm. Like you should hire, you know, you should work with me. You should hire me. Like. And I wasn't there at all, um, but I was also out of money. Mm. Um, at, least, at least you proved it to yourself one way or another. That, you know, like, like you said, well, maybe there are some people that kind of approach might work for, but at least you proved it to yourself that it didn't work for you, yeah. or at least not entirely. Yeah, I mean, no. in, like in the overall view, would you now say it was still worthwhile in some way? Yeah, I think it was worthwhile just because I, I learned so much about, about myself, mm. right? I, I, as, you're, as I think you're kind of saying. Yeah, right. um, like it was, it took me to some of my highest highs and honestly some of my lowest lows. And I think maybe knowing that range about yourself is a valuable experience. Um, and then it just gave me so much gratitude um, to eventually come here to realize, no, like community, um, camaraderie, mentorship, like having a place to go and have people show you some shit and then go downstairs and try it out and fail it at night after night after night and go through that feedback loop about like, what does failure feel like? What does success feel like? Like, oh, that felt good when I did that. Like, then that, you have to like work out your, you can't work out your approach under like a fluorescent bulb. You're, even if it comes out well, it's going to come out still sounding like, like you, you learned, you spent your whole life in a practice room. Mm. Um, So like I, it was a painful process to come here too. Like, I mean, I was, I was terrified to come play every night at Northgate for a really long time. Um, but it forced me to kind of find an approach to music and eventually to myself that felt very congruous and natural and, and very comfortable. So yeah, it took like a lot of non-growth to realize what I needed to grow. And then mm. coming here was the start of really that process man, that, for me. That is so important, man. I think I'm so glad, man. I mean, think, you know, to hearing all these things from you, especially from what, you know, this place has to have, you know, you have uh, gotten these things from, you know, like the evidence. You're like the evidence of of what, like, Norgate can can actually help. 
you know, a musician that uh, wasn't really incompetent <laughs> to become very competent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a like it's a beautiful community, right? And it's it's so welcoming. It I mean, is, it's more right? welcoming than almost anywhere I've ever. I think been. so. I mean, there's so many shitty players that, but we we always like you know encourage each each other. You know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like as long as as long as your vibe is some good, kind of backhanded compliment. That <laughs> no, is no, totally no. Fun. I mean, he's not wrong, right? Like people will come to the Tuesday night session, right? And a lot of people can't play or. Can't certainly can't yeah. sing, yeah, right? No, I'm not talking about you. I'm well, talking about like well random <laughs> tourists who are like, Can I borrow your saxophone? I took it that way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like the borrowing sax part. Is yeah, but it, yeah. that's that's you guys thing. I yeah. mean, I, I I don't share guitars. Or they bring it, or they you know it's a singer or something like that. But as long as the person's vibe is good. I mean, when I was there on Tuesday night, I mean there were people shy, and I see like you. They have that right energy of respecting the place, and yeah. they're just afraid. And it was like, hey man, we, we, I'm here. I'll, I'll support you, you know. Yeah. And that's you know, like you're the evidence of the guy. You know, I've been talking to Paul about Northgate and all all those things in Chiang Mai about this hospitality shit. Mm. But you're the evidence now. Yeah. You're the people that can really vouch like how you know hospitality, like how good we are to you. Yeah. You know, and encouraging for you to do your own shit. Oh, yeah. absolutely, man! I got here and Paul is like, uh, "Man, we like, got to introduce you to everybody. Got to mm-hmm. get you playing with people. Right, like, right. just inviting me to all sorts of stuff." And I was like, "I was not a good player, man. Like, I, I was getting my clock cleaned every night, but it was just this really like warm embrace. Cock? My clock. Let's play back the tape. <laughs> what cock, is, what cock, I say? He said, he said clock. Uh, thank, oh. thank God, man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no. But it's like, uh, that's a funny reference. I Maybe I uh, I just kind of assumed that I knew what it meant. I, I, I may not know what it means either. What do you mean? Like clock? Like a gun clock? Clock cleaned? You get your clock, clock cleaned. Like you're, um, I actually don't know the... What is the etymology? etymology of it? But um, it just means like you're getting, you're getting, you know, you're getting killed. Job? You're getting no, oh, okay, man. okay, no, <laughs> <laughs> not every night. <laughs> no, it means like you're getting, you're getting your ass handed to you. You know, you're getting, yeah, you're, you know, you're figuring out how much you have well, to learn. Um, then you won't get. Your uh, <laughs> 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 Are we editing this? No. Are there any cuts? We can cut. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I love oh, this shit. <laughs> oh, it's great. No, but I, mean, I was just like, I was, I couldn't believe. It. I'm like, man, I, I'm not a good saxophonist, but like this place is like, like giving me opportunities. Welcome and no pretension whatsoever. And um, you know, great play. You know, there's Thomas and there's great players playing yeah. right next to like little old me. And I wouldn't have learned otherwise, right? I was so right. grateful for that, and I, I don't. It's not something I've necessarily found in a lot of other places. Oh, so, man, true. Um, and you so said met me. It met me right where I was, or right where I needed to be met. Yeah, and it was perfect. And I spent three or two years here that were yeah some of the best years of my life. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I think I was coming come and go because at that time I was in Bangkok. Yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah, we man. like we knew each other. We played some, yeah. but, you know, we had you know dinner that time in Bangkok. This place, <laughs> I still will never forget. It was yeah, so good. It was so good. Um, but were yeah, you, it wasn't actually until. Were you saying the other day that you didn't actually know that LJ was doing like folk music, indie indie music? Was it was it you or was it someone else? I I think it was another so, uh, someone else, the unsexy Dan or something like that. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it was someone else because because <laughs> yeah, I did like Dan Dan was part of the tour one time when I took 
uh, Kobe out to play, uh, and he okay. was in the horn section. Okay, okay. Remember? Where do we play again? At Northgate. Okay, so yeah, wasn't you know that... there was this uh, other oh, two yeah. guy, and you have oh, like that yeah, horn yeah, section yeah. inside. Yeah, it was of course. fun. That was fun, man. Yeah, and Dan was like, "Man, I can't just keep on playing this like chord changes here." <laughs> like, yeah, you had some good changes, man. <laughs> it was fun. You had some good That's changes fun. that we recorded in this room. I'd still like to hear at some point, man. The people so, are waiting. I'm like Prince. I, I keep it in the vault. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he released a lot of stuff as well. No, that's his estate. Oh, nice. Wow, man. How's that nice rubbing one. off? Let's stay in the obvious. Come on. <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. Over, over oh. like 100 podcast episodes, your personalities are going to converge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, it's probably not, it's probably not going to happen. Oh it is what God. it is. I mean, I just love being honest <laughs> to my dick. God, to myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, so what's after that? Like you, you came to Northgate, yeah. And then what? You you went to uh, when did you decide to go to Berkeley in Boston? Yeah, good question. Um, I was here for two years, um, and my ex girlfriend and, and I had decided eventually that we wanted to check out to maybe a bigger city so we were looking mm. at moving to berlin um Ooh. and we were like uh, we didn't have tickets or anything but we i felt like we were like you know mere months away from um mm. from doing that i had never been before it was just like moving i'd never been here like i was like yeah berlin sounds cool let's go um I'm, i guess i'm big on like just going to places on the vibe that i've heard about or something mm. anyways um th- we were discussing this like before like around no i think like september october november time and i went home um around christmas to california and i did i always when i go back to california not anymore but i used i used to do like a lesson just a check-in lesson with my childhood teachers amazing Mm -hmm. saxophonist mary fettig um uh she was the first woman to play in the stan kenton orchestra um and so i always could go see her drop by we you know shoot the shit we do you know she tells me everything that's that's wrong with me still and you know Mm. like um, and she said, you know, like the way you're playing these days, you should, um, you ever thought about going back to music, like going to music school, doing that thing you always wanted to do and didn't do. And I was like, oh, I mean, I'd, l- I'd love to, but I can't, I can't afford that. Like, are you kidding? The college in the U S is like the price of a house. Right. And I'm, I'm living on, you know, time money. Like, mm. you know, I have like $80 in my bank account. <laughs> like I don't think universities in my future. Um, and she said, no, I think the way you're, you're playing these days, you could get a pretty generous scholarship, That's which interesting. I had never thought was possible because I just looked at like the audition requirements and I was mm. like, I'm bad at that. I'm bad at that. I'm bad at that. You know, like there's no way I'm going to be the guy that gets the money. Because mm. um, I had become like, I think good at like the thing that happens a lot at Northgate, right? I'd become mm. at, good at like the, you know, the vamp, the, mm-hmm. the two to three chord, a kind of like Pharaoh Sanders vibe, right, like real right. spiritual jazz, and which I absolutely love and still feels like home base for me. Um, but like the thought of going back and like having to play, you know, like a standard unaccompanied or something, this was, mm-hmm. um, this was not going to be a good, um, a good experience for me. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to get any money. She's like, no, you should really try to apply. Mm-hmm. And so this was around like December 21st or 22nd. It was right before Christmas. And most schools in the U.S., they take their applications a lot earlier than this, like end of November, mm-hmm. early December. So there was only one school that was still taking, I mean, like one like kind of name music school that was still taking applications, and it was Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just applied, not expecting anything, and I went and auditioned at SF Jazz. And somehow... Um, 
probably, you know, because of the hundred dollars, I slipped the auditioner, um, and you know, a little paper bag <laughs> <laughs> and winked, um, managed to get a really, really generous scholarship way mm. more than I think, um, I probably deserved, especially knowing just how it, it works for everybody. I think I really got quite, I was very fortunate. Um, and it wasn't a hundred percent, but it was about like 95% or wow, something. That's, it was almost that's everything. That's a lot. It made it possible yeah. for me yeah. to go. Um, that's amazing, man. And so, you know, I came back, I, I found out when I was here, I was at my apartment with my ex and, um, she was actually so supportive. Like you mm. absolutely have to do this. This is your dream. You got to go. And so that's what we decided to do. Um, mm. and I went back and I moved to Boston and spent, I thought I was just going to go for a year or two. Um, and then a year became two, became three, became four, became four with the masters and, now I'm never, ever, ever going to school again. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Um, Amazing, man. But yeah, so I went back, froze my ass off in Boston. So and, that's like uh, six years in the school, right? Uh, the master's is one. Oh, okay. Um, that's pretty fast. Yeah, it's it's kind of this one of one of the many kind of great things about it is it's a most masters are kind of geared to be able to work and play mm-hmm. and go to school, but this one is like it's your whole life for one year, but you're wow. in, you're out. Wow. Um, and that was a great program. It's also it's the Berkeley Global Jazz Institute. It was yeah. something I was involved with when I did my diploma there, and then did it as a master's. And that was a real gift, getting to study with all my childhood heroes, like you know Joe Lovano, yeah, yeah. Danilo Perez, um, John Petitucci, Kenny Werner, George Garzon, Dave Liebman, Ben Street, Adam Cruz, Terrilyn Carrington. Uh, just the list kind of yeah, goes man, on and on. It, man. It's, it's a, it's a wedding ensemble. It's like the adventure of jazz. Yeah, they yeah. actually, it's funny you say that. Danilo <laughs> talks about, we need to be the Avengers of jazz. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope he never hears that impression I just did of him. Uh, but there yeah. was actually a band called the Jazz Avengers. Uh, oh, yeah? Like, yeah, there's the Messengers, but there's also another band called the Jazz Avengers. From slightly, that era? Slightly, um, I hope Yeah, not. I think so. Maybe slightly huh. later. Maybe slightly later. But I saw some records. Okay. Yeah. I'm not familiar. Hey, do you know who's familiar. in it? Any anybody would I could look it up. Okay. Yeah, so we got we got I gotta check that out afterwards. You know Danilo came to Thailand. I'm not so he, I, you like a lot of people. He play, come he, here. play he play at uh, the uh D I J C yeah, Mahito. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I know my like my teacher at Berkeley, George Garzon. Yeah. Um also I think he come and played at Mahido. Really? Yeah, oh, he's been yeah, a few times. Right. Um I uh, yeah, I think a lot of people have come out. Actually, my auditioner, I remember, had come out and he had played with the King. Of course. My, like, uh, a guy named Steve Bailey. Um, I think he's the head of the bass department at Berkeley. Oh, man. That, was, that might, might have explained things because we, we talked in the audition about um, Thailand awesome, and uh, he said he'd, he'd come out and played in one of the, a band that played, like, comped for the King. Oh, uh, man. That's which, amazing. Yeah, he was on one of those tours. So, yeah, man, I spent five years in five and a half years in Boston doing the school thing. Um, cool. And it was a absolute blessing and built on a lot of the things that I did here, took mm-hmm. them in a different direction. And now I am uh, finished forever. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you, you're moving to New York. That is, uh, whenever I manage to ply myself from Chiang Mai, that is the, uh, <laughs> ply pry, excuse me. Um, uh, yeah, that that is the plan. My stuff is current. I have no address in the U.S. now, other than a storage unit in Bushwick. 
um, which is in Brooklyn, where all my all my stuff is. But um, yeah, when I get out of here, that's where I'm going. All right. Yeah. I hope you never get out of here. Hey, man. Tempting. It's happened. You know, it's happened to better men, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Man, could be on the Jimmy plan. Well, oh, he got uh, out. Of, he got out of here, but uh, but he he got not, out on the right not time. without some attachments. He you got know? out on the right time, baby. Yeah. 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 So that's that's the plan, man. <laughs> that kind of brings us to today. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's great. That's like a good origin story. Hey, you know it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, what what you have in, in your mind right now? Yeah, what's going on, Polly? Uh, well, I couldn't find anything. Well, I found a few bands called the Jazz Avengers, so mm. maybe there's like more than one. I I don't know, I, but I came across some records. I think I yeah, I think it, I came across some records from uh, maybe the seventies. Yeah. Hmm. Wow, that long ago. I think so. Yeah. Hmm. But I, and I'll have to check it out because I feel because I'm like always searching through music for the radio show that I do. Yeah. So I pass by a lot of stuff. Did they, did they did they predate the comics? How long ago were the Avengers comics? I have no idea. More long. Wonder Four. if I think it was in the in the seventies. Oh, did okay long ago. So Mar- Marvel didn't take it from the jazz band. No, of okay. course not. Well, I don't know. Of course not. That was the golden age of comics, man. Okay. Well, because they, 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 well, no, you got the Avengers, see, like British TV show as well. It's like, it was it was a word that's been used as a team of uh, kind of superhero dudes for quite a long time. Really? Okay, yeah, it's a good well, no, word. Well, the Avengers How in the sixties. I'm talking out of my ass here. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to ask Dan? That's what I'm curious about. Right. So uh, oh. yeah, well, what's the um, what's the What's the goal? The overarching goal, man. Ah, interesting. No, no, I mean, on a, on, a, on a big, on a, how do they put it? In how podcast? did my mom how get do to they, you? How do they put it in the <laughs> podcast world these days? Like, what's the what's the high level goal? High level the goal. High level goal. Yeah. Oh, clean. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's your goal. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I don't know what's the goal. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think like I have my own answers but I'm trying to think of a way to put it that's not kind of cliche sounding um, you know I had an interesting experience this year um, 2020 uh, yeah 21 excuse 21. me yeah yeah <laughs> time is what is time now um, no I mean after the pandemic like it had been a long time and not working mm. right mm-hmm. um, and I was offered a gig playing in a wedding band right mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. a, a pill I thought I'd never swallow but it was you know, it's like 50 dates that all paid very well on mm. the calendar like that. So after a year and a half of just bloodbath financially, like it was, okay, here's, you got some work. And I, I, I was going to move to New York, but this got offered to me. And I was like, I should take this. Um, and it was a really good experience. It was a really interesting experience. I learned a lot from it. But I, I think one of the biggest things I took away from it is that I don't really, I don't think I'm like a working musician. I don't I don't think hmm. I'm interesting man. Like I left I left the job that wasn't my calling for this, right? I, right? I left something that wasn't like beautiful and spiritual and gratifying and like this moment of like providing like a, a mode of expression that you can't access any other way to do this, mm-hmm. right? And I made a lot more money doing that than I ever mm-hmm. would in mm-hmm. really any form of kind of like commercial music. Right. Um so I you know this was like one of my first experiences with like really just working for a living as a musician and doing so playing stuff that wasn't really my bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I just discovered it's like, all right, I could do this, but I'm still going to be kind of poor. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm going to be poor, I might, you know, like if I'm going to do something I like, I might as, uh, sorry, excuse me. If I'm going to do something I don't like, 
I should probably like make more money to do it, mm. right? So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be a musician, which is what I want to be, I, I I need to find that thing I was saying a second ago. Like I, I need to, I'm I'm in this for the art, right? Right. right. Like right. Uh, to be creating, to be expressing, to like have a voice that I can't access any other way, mm. or like it's the most pure way of mm-hmm. accessing it, and. So that's a hard, like a harder path, right? Because I think we all, you know, there's very few, um, you know, night, you know, there's very few venues and, and kind of there's, there's not a lot of, I feel like a lot of space for um, that. There's, mm. a, there's, you know, there's a few names we know and then a lot we don't, right? Right. Mm. Um, and it's not to say that like my goal is to become one of those names, but it's more to just I'm like, I, abs- I love to play. I love to write. I love to create. Like I love to be creative through this through this art not just music but just just through art in general i'm really into visual art as well and i just kind of i guess my goal is to is to find a way to keep doing that and have an output that feels honest and um that somehow sustains me at the same time sonny Rowland said something interesting recently uh, well back in 2017 he said uh it's not about your music. It's about what makes your music your music. You have to have mm. a reason for your music, something besides the technical. Make mm. it for something. Make it for kindness. Make it for peace. Whatever it is. Yeah. I, that's, wow. That's a beautiful quote. I hadn't heard that before. I think for me, it's definitely about beauty. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> 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 Calm yourself, LJ. <laughs> No, man, but I like the people I love. There's like a joy and a beauty that comes through their horn or through through their art or through their music. Like, mm. you know, I've always loved um, Joe Lovano. I love Charles Lloyd, um, obviously Train. Like, and there's just something about God. It just, like it's music that just makes me want to cry, right? And like I'm, I don't want to recreate their music. Like it's. Mm perfect as it is right and like i'm just you know i'm so grateful just to have those records just to be able to have that emotional experience um Mm. experience that beauty through listening myself but to be able to share with people that feeling i feel when i listen to those artists yeah to be able to create that feeling in others Mm. um is just would be the greatest gift for me and and sometimes i'm able to access it and it it is like a life-changing uh feeling so you know i think some people like you know, some people may be more oriented towards like uh, chops, or you know, they're really burning, you know, players or something like that. Well, you used to be, right? You used to be think. I mean, it seemed like you at one point you were. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I was ever not. after that. It just maybe it was like how things were manifesting at the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've always been after like a like a self expression that feels um, that feels beautiful but it, it came out in some ways and now it's coming out in others well I mean if you, you know making people feel some things feel a certain way feel beauty feel yeah something through your music I mean yeah you I guess we're all trying to do that right, right. but you I'm I think you sure achieved that. that you know you hey you too with Matthew achieved that um, in some degree for sure a tap ace the other night that was moving I'm not, music I'm not that sure was, everybody's trying to do that you don't think? I don't think so. If, I mean, it feels feel something. Feel something. I mean, if if everybody was trying to do that, we would be living a better, peaceful, uh, kinder world, man. I don't think you know people are, uh, are really living on that. People might say they're doing it. I mean, but I don't think they're doing it at all. Yeah, you know? I mean, I think that we're all just trying to be understood, right? Like we want. 
people to see us. And I don't really care about that. About being a student, shit. That's like true. That. Okay, maybe now we're all many. Many are right. And like, you go listen to some music. It can be about beauty. Other music can be about sadness, frustration, anger, heartbreak, loneliness, joy. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever it is you want to share um, with people, and I, I just find it for me like the what I keep coming back to is, is just something that really feels beautiful. Yeah, that's what mm. I'm, I want to ask uh, furthermore into what uh, Paul was uh, asking you about. I like bicycle. this answer. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. What? I mean, like, I like the answer. I like, yeah, it's yeah, a great I, answer. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I know you're doing that, Dan. Mm. I mean, I'm just saying I don't think everybody is doing it. Not everybody is like really doing what we're trying to achieve, I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't I know. I mean, you look at the uh, industry, man. I mean, it's it's not it's not like ten years ago at all. Hmm. Look at how fast it ha- it has changed from 2010. Sure, right? Yeah, absolutely. When you were almost going to go and tour with fucking Dave Matthew, and then suddenly, <laughs> you know, and now it's just like, it's, uh, oh, man, the past recent year, like so many artists had emerged from the fucking bedroom, you know, mm-hmm. and and and, yeah. and it's a good thing. And it's a good thing, and it's also a very, very weird thing, you know. A lot of people skip a lot of certain things, you know. A lot of you know, technical aspect of recording, the art of it, has been like destroyed in some 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 way, and in some way has been very rejuvenating for for some mm. artists to go in more depth into how to make their record better. But I was going to ask more about like so you know about that. High level goal that you just answered, like, you know, are you are you set for that pad? Are you like, have you achieved it a little bit? I mean, I think I've had like moments of it here and there, little yeah, right? flashes and whatnot. Mm. Um, I no, it's I, I, I we're all I mean, we're always on the path, right? Mm. Like we never arrived. Um, so I'm just, I think I have now a lot more. I don't always know what it sounds like. Like I'm actually maybe less clear now about how I, like the texture of how I want my music to sound, mm. um, than I was in the past. I felt like maybe a couple of years ago I was like, yeah, these are the instruments. This is the sound. And mm. I'll direct it in this way towards these emotions and these feelings. But this, these are like the spices I'm going to cook with. And now, the pandemic actually had a really interesting effect. Where I was listening to a lot of different music. I got mm. more distance from jazz, from the acoustic sure, kind of instrumentation sure. that we're used to. And found myself maybe more curious about like, oh, what are some other sounds I could use, mm. right? Like what what are some other spices I could introduce into this dish? And so it's actually, in that sense, it's more open-ended for me than it mm. was in the past. And I'm still kind of, I'm searching a lot more than I was a little while ago. Um, but no, I mean, I do think I have a lot of clarity about how I want my music to feel. That's maybe not sound, but feel. Like I know, I've been to enough concerts, I've seen enough stuff that like, I know how I like to walk out of a room. Yeah. Like how what feels really special for me when I walk. I'm like, wow. You, you and that's the feel. F- I know yeah. that I want the kind of feeling I want to create for people, I and I'm just trying to always move towards that. And I felt like with the trio performance, like I think we access that at some you know mm. some moments, right? Um, that's I interesting to hear, man. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of musicians today don't really understand about that yet, about feeling. You know about like the aspect of like you want people to come in and actually feel it more than understanding. There's mm. a lot of like concept that people 
come in into like oh maybe like classical or jazz or whatever type of music, and they talk they talk about like do you understand this music? Mm. Yeah, I don't care about that. <laughs> That's, you know, and and it's more about feeling, isn't it? Like you want you want to left that mark of. What people feels, how you feel. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's like I said, and maybe this is so. This is not uh, true in everyone's case, I guess. Mm-hmm, but I feel true. like many of us are just trying to be understood, right? We want to translate this thing that we're feeling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to other people, right. and sometimes we do that through our voice, through conversations. Sometimes we do that nonverbal communication. Sometimes mm-hmm. we do it through music, mm-hmm. right? And so. Yeah, I bristle a little bit with people like, oh, you just don't understand jazz or something. <laughs> like, I feel like that's, it, it, part of it is a art, artistic choice. Like, you could, it, your your own interests and your ear will could lead you to music that's more esoteric. But also, I, if I play something and it's not connecting with the listener, like, there's some part of me that feels like, okay, I, w- I want to explore that a little bit deeper. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. a failure, right. nor is it a success. Right. Um, I want to be able to transfer these things to my audience. Sure. Because um, that the, the my favorite artists do that for me. Right. And and I, I you know I feel like I like the greatest like one of the greatest gifts for me I think could be um, for like my my mother or my brother to hear something like Love Supreme the way I do hmm. right. Like to be able to access that beauty, that that, that spiritual experience. It was for me. It was a, like a life changing experience. Hmm. And I put that record on, and it's like, well, what is that noise? Right? It's way too experimental for me. Hmm. And and I feel like ah, oh, you're just there's just like there's this nectar that you haven't tasted. And hmm. I just I would give so much for you to be able to taste it. And I feel like maybe within all of us somewhere, hmm. where, you know, whether we end up accessing it or not. We have some of that nectar that we can give to as musicians, right? Oh Jesus! <laughs> Keep walking into this shit, man. Oh man! And I just, you know, I like there's there's a, such a big part of me that's like you just got to follow your ear to the exclusion of thinking about anything else, right? Mm. But then there is a part of me that's like, man, I, I also I want to be understood. Sure. I I want to connect, right? right? I can't always with my words, but maybe I can with this with the saxophone, uh, mm. with my composition. So, yeah, I'm thinking about the emotional kind of transference all the time, and hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of like jazz kind of wisdom that says not to do that, right? Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people who say like just. You know, like Mon- I think Monk said, I just read this the other day. Like, you know, you got to like play your music, what you're hearing, even if it, even if it takes the audience ten or twenty years to catch up. Yeah, sure, I do. I mean, obviously, I mean, I worship Monk, so you know, this, I can't argue with that approach. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm maybe just trying a different approach, and Pe- we'll wow. or some ba- some blending of the two, and, and we'll, well see how we're it not all being works out. disrespectful to each other, right? We're just being honest to ourselves, and I think as an artist. You you should be honest to yourself. That's what withstand the the test of time. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was listening to some of the uh, old album in the seventies, like you know, and it was like shit, man. That 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 sounds so so honest to me. You know. Yeah. I mean, every time you listen to Johnny Cash or yeah. those those greats, you 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 can't. There's there's this vibe in that recording that you can't. Put a finger on that yeah. is so different than today's music. I mean, it? but there's also like I hesitate to over over generalize, right? Because mm. there's so much 
it's like everything. Like everything is getting better and everything is getting worse. Like well, it's, yeah, we have yeah. like some of the most beautiful music. I'm getting distortion now too. Is that is that it's, normal? It's okay. Okay, don't worry it. about it. Cool. Uh, I told Bruno to put on that distortion filter. <laughs> it's probably your earphones because I don't hear it. So it's, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Don't worry yeah. about it. Um, no, I. Uh, uh, what was I saying? Sorry. Like I think some of the most beautiful music ever is being made today, and then also some of. The, some music that I, I don't care for is being made today as well. True. So it's true. like ev- everything is like getting more and more advanced and more deep and then also more shallow yeah, that's what I was all at the same yeah, time. All at the same time. That's what yeah. make it so interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like before, you, it's hard. It's hard. Before, it's hard to, to listen to uh, a lot of, you know, bad music when compared to uh, good music, you know. Hmm. I'm, not, I'm not trying to be a judge I'm just saying I'm just saying that right now everything is, seems so equal you know what we say is bad is probably good for some some markets and what we say is good is probably bad to their market like I'm curious like what the perception of people in America think of jazz today you know or what you know if, because if they even think of it at all I know right <laughs> I mean I was there in 2008 and I'm surprised that you know how my peers perceive it it's just like we, we are so min- such a minority group of people, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's such a complicated question, and I'm really hesitant to like. Of course, point you are. Too, um, what you afraid of fucking digital footprint? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just I'm 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 very aware. Like I, I'm just you know I'm just coming out of school, right? I've been yeah. living in this world that's I'm not not real, that. right? <laughs> school isn't what, real. What are you talking about? Uh, it, it's uh you know it's academia. It's a I, safe. I, um, I concur with that. It's a safe place, and um, is it in in a, in a way certainly safer than going to New York and like <laughs> learning you know learning the hard lessons on on stage like and oh, that, and wow. being yeah. around people who um, are not being paid to be nice to you or right. to like right. kind of take you along, but instead will like call you on your shit if you can't do it. Um, so so I'm I'm like. I'm hesitant to be too like strongly worded about this because I know kind of where I am and where I I still how much further I feel like I have to go. But um, hmm. yeah, I mean, I I definitely think that there's there's not a huge audience for it, and I think that there's myriad reasons for that. Hmm. Um, and you know, it's um, hmm. I th- I think a lot of times that jazz is this thing that feels great to play and terrible to listen to. Really, I love playing it, but I can understand um, how it's hard for audiences to relate to the music. Um, hmm. I think you know the popular music has gone in a very different direction. Like just texturally, just think about the sounds, right? Like the we're in the digital age, right? The sounds of now are synthesizers and computers and drum machines mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and like and then you come out with a, an acoustic instrument and that can reach people at a very deeply right like somebody hears a saxophone or guitar and they immediately perk up because it is acoustic because it is real as well there's the that frequency right but at the same time it's it's not it's not what our ears are habituated to mm. now right so the music is it does require like a level of maybe education or indoctrination or something like that to like to get the more complex kind of iterations of it um, mm. So I think a lot, a lot of people go and they, they kind of maybe assume it's this thing that they're not meant to understand, or they, they don't understand, or they're not meant to. And um, I, I feel like part of that is a maybe a failure on our, our part as musicians. You know, really? Yeah, I, I just Why? don't. I don't because I don't think I don't think listeners have any responsibility. I don't. I don't walk into a museum and feel like 
I needed to have, I needed to have researched this art in order to appreciate it. I'm, I'm big on like, I, I want to walk in and have I the, the sensory experience, yeah. what's immediately in front of my eyes and on, on the, the card next to the piece, be enough to enjoy the work. And if I don't, I don't feel any responsibility to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's okay mm-hmm. to not like something. True. True. Um, and I just, in, in like, the age of global warming and COVID and ev- like everything else, like, I'm, am I really going to ask my, yeah, everybody needs to be educating themselves on jazz. No, uh, no, no, right? They don't, right. They don't need to. And, and I, and, and I think that you see like in these kind of counter examples, jazz, it's really kind of come into the, the present, um, as opposed to been like a bit of a pastiche. Hmm. Um, it does, it does reach people. It, it feels like it feels rooted in today. Right. And I don't know. I have this part of me. Like I, like I said, I love to play this music and nothing makes me happier. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and there is, I think you can take any song and bring it into the present moment. Right. There's like the way you improvise your sound, Mm um, how you comp, like different instruments, like you can take any standard and make it sound modern. But at the end of the day, it's still like, um, you know, Stella by Starlight is not the song of 2022, right? <laughs> this is not, this, it might be a timeless melody, but it's not a melody of our time, right? Mm-hmm. And I just, looking at it from like an entirely outsider, like trying to look at it with fresh eyes from an outsider's perspective, like I'm just not, I'm not surprised, you mm-hmm. know, that we, we've been playing this music for so long and in innovating within within its structures but that we're losing it's not it's not reaching people because all the innovation is 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 getting more and more advanced like how are people going to hear that like Mm. i think mark turner is a genius right Mm -hmm. i i love his playing but if my mom can't relate to cannibal adderley how's she going to relate to mark turner right i have Mm. have saxophone students who think cannibal adderley is avant-garde what really yeah interesting sorry derek um (laughs) uh so I, I, there's all this like innovation happening just taking the music into the present but like if if the songs themselves are from uh, so far from the past and the feeling of the music overall still feels like if the smear of it feels like this thing from 50 60 70 years ago i just i can't i don't i don't i'm not filled with surprise that that there isn't a, a wider listenership hmm. and there is a wide listenership in something you know go in new york right it's, the music is extremely high level is it sounds amazing and there's an audience for it there every night but nationally you know when you look in the bigger picture yeah i'm of course of course the majority of listeners are people who play the music themselves or have a, a direct you know like relationship with that's it. that's interesting i don't think that that is the same case in japan man i mean i think uh like jazz music is so appreciated in in japan that it's like it's a whole market sure know? it's a it's a because you know, I don't know. They just like there's this culture. Maybe in the baby boomer culture, that's the popular music that they they're into, right? And mm. and of course, like now, like with the J rock or J pop, they have their own market. But it doesn't seem to diminish the appreciation of jazz. Where you go into a ramen shop, like fucking literally, like old shit, like old shack ramen shop playing fucking avant garde jazz. You I know? mean. Y- that, I love that shit. Yeah, that's that's that, Japan for man. you, man. Yeah, that's Japan for you. And I don't have 
I, when I went to uh, uh, America, I I didn't have that same sense of appreciation, the way that Japanese would appreciate uh, jazz music, you know. No, I mean, or any music actually. Yeah, I mean it, it's. Yeah, it's a really complicated issue. You know, it's, it is. It's, uh, it is. It's it's a hard music to make a living from. So it's kind of moved. It's moved a bit out of the clubs and into the schools, hmm. right? Not in New York, but it, it's it's. Um, I think it's kind of found a it's found a home in academia. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It, it could be a cultural thing, like. But obviously, America is the birthplace of jazz. Like we had all the, you know, we had mm-hmm. all the right ingredients for right. it to yeah. um, stay a popular music. But I'm not sure. I think that like the there's a lot of jazz that is like more popular than ever, right? But then there's a True. lot like the lot that's kind of uh, you know like uh, at least commercially flying over people's heads. And I just I can't, I can't say I'm surprised. You know, like an like another standards record mm-hmm. that didn't sell, like. Of course, of course, right? Like, well, uh, but who, I mean, if you look at like Kendrick Lamar's and how you infuse like hip hops and and, and jazz, right? And yeah. you look like Kasemi, Kasami, Kamasi, Kamasi. Yeah, why do I keep saying Kasemi? <laughs> Kamasi. Yeah, like you know, he's yeah. All these like interesting cats, like doing oh, all this. See, these people, I, I, I think this is amazing. This is what I'm talking about. These people are bringing the music mm-hmm. into the present, right? right like. Right. Kamasi's band, I heard that, I, I listened to that record, mm-hmm. and I, it felt like listening to like a modern day Sun Ra. Right, right. right? I, right like if right. it had like pieces of the orchestra to it, it had pieces yeah. of Coltrane and Pharaoh and all this yeah. other stuff. And I was like, fuck yes, man, this is this is happening. Like yeah. I I really, really dug it, especially compositionally. Mm-hmm. And just the whole concept behind it and the orchestration for me was like, this is the kind of, of, but that's not of enough, course right? this is going to be successful. Like, look at this, this is going to be successful. This is going to have an audience because wow. it's something new. And like, jazz is about something new. Right, right, right. I think so. And this feels, you listen to this, it feels new. Like, Are you rock. thinking about going to that that kind of path of like new, like making your own music? Or is this like you're going to go into a more like a, academic route? No, I, I, I mean, I love to teach. I really, I... I, you say you're I, not going to be a working musician. I don't understand. Uh, when I say working, I mean like playing music, I don't. Oh. don't feel like inspired to play right like i'm not gonna be a uh i don't think i have it in me to be like a on a pop sessions so all you're the gonna time you like the, o, the og I, I, what he's saying is he's not gonna like uh spend his life taking all, all the gigs that pay the most money yeah just because that just because they pay the most money yeah in deference to uh you know gigs that maybe don't pay even anything at all but offer some chance for this uh sure I'll use the word spiritual fulfillment. <laughs> you know, communication on a, yeah. on a deep level. Yeah, That's thank good. you. You said it much better than I did. Um, and I don't even think I'm. I'm not good at those other gigs, anyways. Like I'm the wrong guy for the pop record. I'm the wrong guy for the wedding band, man. Like I'm not nobody, sure about that. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants that like lead Conan sound. See now, we come sure now we found a role <laughs> for the alter ego, sexy sex dad. He can take those gigs for oh, you. You could be oh, like no. uh, Tyler Durden. What is what is like the guy's name? Si- Tyler Durden from Tyler, Tyler Durden. Durden. Yeah. Oh, you, right. you can you know you can you can take care of different aspects of the Why thing. Why do become like Beyonce with a Sasha Fierce kind of kind oh of feeling God. going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like I mean, I so I love to teach. So teaching is a passion. Like I, I really like working with students. And I think it's important for you to have uh, yeah. like teaching things to to pass on the the clock cleaning. Things. It's, <laughs> <laughs> you know? it's not okay. It's not okay. Clock. clock. If I found myself in a university someday, like I, that would be an, a great honor, man. I would love that. But 
Um, it's not the right time. It's, I don't think I'm ready for no, it. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, I think I have a lot and a lot to learn. And, and you know, same. may very well, like, find in a year after New York, I'm like, oh, I got to retract everything I just said on this podcast because I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. It's so okay. apologies to anybody who hears this and <laughs> is like, man, this guy died. Um, <laughs> but no, I, like, I, I absolutely want to be, like, I kind of see my, I don't think I'm ever going to be the guy who's, like, the best um at playing the standard like i'm not you know there's like a few people who mm. like their standards record is like something new and it's like man like like you know like mark turner walter smith like these guys play standard records like all right i gotta check this out because they are at the top of the game of mm-hmm. just the saxophone mm-hmm. um and i don't ever like i don't think that that's my path mm-hmm. i probably got started with it too late to be that person i don't think so if i have if i ever could have been anyways um so I kind of see, yeah, my direction more as like compositional. Mm. Um, like I am trying to like find something new and something that, that communicates in a way that sure. like I, we were talking about earlier. Um, like I said, thinking a lot about sound and texture, yeah, like what instruments do I be working with? And like in a, in a trio, you know, like that's a combination of sounds that... Um, you know, I'm curious, have, have you found your sound? Because that's what, you no. know, a lot of, you know, jazz, American jazz musicians always consider uh, to be the first thing they ever really, you know, they listen to. It's the sound. Ah, the sound, man. The sound. They hear you have before you they hear you. Right? <laughs> so exactly. have you found your sound? Um, I'm struggling with my sound a lot right now, actually. Interesting, why? Hmm. Part of it, I feel like... A a captive to it's going away that I, I it's like a train that feels like it's getting away from me. Um, hmm. and I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring it back and I'm, I'm struggling. Um, so I'm actually, yeah, I'm a little bit, I'm having a little hard time with my sound right Interesting. now. Um, do you, do you hear your sound in your head? Yeah. That you want to achieve? I think the real problem at the end of the day is that I, um, probably just want to be a tenor player. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! And I, uh, I don't, I don't really love the alto. You know, are, like are you I've, thinking of switching? I've been thinking of switching since I was like four, um, hmm. and I just never. It's something I've always threatened to do, and I never really make what? it happen. Sunny Stitt, yeah. Sunny Stitt was both. You can be both. Yeah, you know, I, I know, like many person can do like all of them. Of course, yeah. Um, I've always struggled when I try to go back and forth. Um, my ear is like yeah, nice. <laughs> my ear is like really, really an E flat, right? And I go to B flat land. I'm like, wait, that's not what a C should sound like, and oh, it is all okay. gets kind of funky. So I think mm. I'd probably find myself wanting to like just commit to one. Um, and but yeah, I, I thought that's always know. been hard. <laughs> hey, just kidding. Hey. Just kidding. Uh, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh man. No, but like I, I, I've, I for years I've never really liked the sound of the alto. This is an instrument. Like I, I know, hear it's an a, alto, it's and I'm really kind of hard. Like, it's a really hard uh, instrument to like. I, I must say. Yeah, and I hear alto tones that I'm like, man, that's a great alto sound. But yeah, thank God I don't sound like that. What? Like I, like I really don't want that their sound even though i'm like that's a that's a killing alto sound mm-hmm. right it's a great alto sound so i'm i have some like people whose sounds that i i really like on the alto but honestly the 
I when I the, my, most of my sonic inspiration is coming from tenor players, mm. and then it's kind of funny when it gets translated to the alto. For a while, I felt like I really had it. Like I really, I was really really happy with my sound, mm. and then it's kind of almost like gone. Like I've taken the qualities that I brought in from these tenor players, and like it's it's gone like further and further, and mm. I'm like, come back, you know, like I stop, and you know, it was good six months ago, like what are you do, oh, and I can't quite like I've struggled to wind it back, and I have a, my old teacher Shannon Leclerc in Boston has said like, yeah, the only cure once you go start down, I've seen people go down the spiral before, the only cure is just finally admitting you're a tenor player. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, thing is yeah. though, if you if like if you uh, envisage yourself being led by you know composition and and that's where you want to sort of um move and experiment yeah. or whatever then maybe the sound is uh yeah, you know maybe it'll change as it needs to with the music that you're um working on you know maybe that'll solve it it's true like um absolutely composing is has had a as a big uh, excuse me has had a big impact on on my sound and yeah, I w first and foremost, I want to sound good in my own music. So that's a, a really good point. But mm. there is also like, just because I don't necessarily want to be like a, a like a working musician taking any gig doesn't mean that I don't want to be a working musician taking gigs that I'm really interested in. There's right. like a ton of people's music who I would kill to play, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'm just waiting to like Nancy Kerrigan, a few of these people, so I can, uh, you know, try to snag the gig. And I want to, you know, have a sound that fits into... There's some music that I would really love to play that I feel I don't have the right sound for. I, have, I feel like I have really good ideas for. Like I, the, the notes I would play hmm. would be a, a good in, in, like a addition to that painting, mm -hmm. but like the the sound is not the right sound, and that's that's the point I found myself in now. I'm like oh, I gotta address that because there's these places I want to play, and it's not I don't feel a right good fit for it. But I I do want to be there musically. Get yourself an effects bot. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Helps. I mean, that is one thing I've, I've been I've like been that, doing actually. That, um, that shit never helps, man. No, says the man with the biggest effects uh, in town. <laughs> says man. the man with the biggest fucking effects set in do town. You know, do you Twenty know, fucking kilograms. Oh my god! You know, like my journey on a fucking effect board is is a is a fucking book in itself, man. I can really. imagine. It started with like a fucking like hollow body, okay, with nothing, straight to the M and crank it. Uh -huh. until it distorted itself and I had to play so hard to get the clean sound to distort in a fucking clean amp with no no distortion in that amp was this just because you like what couldn't afford a, no, I an just, amp I was, distortion no, you just didn't no, have it or what I, it was the purest thing Ah, okay. So I bleed off almost every night when I play a Norgate. Okay. My ear. You bleed? Ear. Yeah, I bleed. Jesus. Yes. That's how from where? sadistic I Internally. am. Internally. Don't say it, Holly. <laughs> Stay pure. Stay pure. Oh, okay. my God. <laughs> Don't Oh my god! <laughs> wow! But then you then you expanded. You got I me. Mean, you, you clearly have more than no, zero thing, pedals now. No, the thing is, I hear sound, right? I hear sound that I know that this effect can help. There's a lot of guys, man, that go buy effects just to be like inspired. Let's just put put mm. it that way, and they all got fucked. <laughs> really they do they, man everybody that think like oh this effect's gonna inspire me like all got, all got fucking rabbit holes man like they Someone fucking fuck the rabbits and the rabbit fucked themselves in a the hole 
dark. Sounds, sounds <laughs> nice. I think I saw a Disney movie about that once. <laughs> sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you, so what you instead, you like, you had some specific sounds you wanted and you set out yeah. to what, find yeah. a pedal, like yeah. get the pedal that yeah. would enable yeah. that sound. Yeah. I would, I would know what I want to get it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's probably good, right? Because pedals are like, as I've been learning, as I've been thinking about getting pedals, it's like, yeah. this is an endless rabbit hole right, that you be. can get into. It could very be. Expensive, it could be. Right? Very expensive. Yeah. But I use every fucking pedal that you see on that board mm. to get a fucking clean sound. <laughs> It's the only thing clean about you, man. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, and it, and, it, and it shows, man, because there's um, there's there's definitely like a a lot of guitarists. I feel like I've I know and play with um, kind of they're trying, you know, they go a different direction. I think yeah, they're, they're maybe not as focused on texture. Mm. Um, they're using the pedals to create like just one tone, right? Right, um, and it's right. everything is like a. Uh, it feels at least as a a listener mm. um, knowing very little about pedals that there's just like a little of this, a little of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of building this thing, but it's still like it's a it's a very defined contained tone. Um, so w- not players I necessarily call textural players, not people who maybe like came up and their first influence was someone like you know Bill Frizzell, right? Um, and I never thought Bill Frizzell was a textural player at all. I oh, I, f- I I definitely feel it. I I, f- I don't know what you mean by that though. Like textural player, like like. What 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 is your definition of a text textual player? You know, oddly enough, just it, it could be just as simple as like playing a chord in a solo instead of playing monophonically. Hmm, interesting. You know, I've, I I I've heard a lot of guitarists who I feel like they you know they're playing they play they become more line based players, right? And mm, true. Um, for me, that's Same. kind of like there's a whole side of the guitar that's. You know, it feels like I was like, oh, I want to hear that too. A I don't know. Bit. I think Bill Frisell is, is such a master of, of space. Absolutely, but and, yeah, space and sound. Yeah, but I mean, his his phrasing is very interesting too. I mean, I love everything about the man. So you, yeah, you know, I'm going to agree with whatever you have but to say. I don't say. know, but I don't. I I would never think of him as a as a textual player. I was. I, I mean, think he's maybe, more than that, right? And I, I don't know. Oh, I certainly didn't mean uh, that in like a limiting mm. uh, as a limiting description. Oh, okay. It's just I think one of the things that I love about his music is that there's just there's a spaciousness to it, and yeah. such like a he's like inhabiting the sound of every note. Like he's right. there's these little these little details, and the way I know he's I assume he's using pedals, right? Because I just heard enough things. It sure. feels like it's not just a pure guitar tone. Sure. Um, there's just so much attention paid to the sound and the soundscape yeah um and i really appreciate that i mean of course it's different maybe than i think we we were like not meeting on the definition of textural Mm. um that's not to say that he's not doing a million other things Mm -hmm. um but i do think the textures of what he's playing are are very beautiful Mm -hmm. another player who i I love who i feel like fits in that space is um yakub bro Mm -hmm. um so yeah, I just I think that with um, with what you do and like with, with this trio project, for example, like that this would not be a project that's possible with every guitarist, mm. right? Like, well, thank you. N- not it's, it's you know it's uh, you know uh, it's well a compliment well deserved. Like it's um, the space, the sonic space, could not be filled in the way I was like hoping for mm. with um, a player who's maybe more geared towards kind of a, you know 
monophonic like a uh, more line right, kind right, of approach right, and right, they, right. they have this sound they do some stuff with pedals but like you're able to you're able to play two roles you know more than two roles right there's a whole orchestra in the guitar mm. um and not just that right you know you're playing lines and you, you you're doing all sorts of things but like just to sonically to fill out the sound of the band um mm. is is uh not everybody can do that so it's it, yeah it's, it's amazing Wow, you know, after years of touring and getting beat down, <laughs> clock clinging, <laughs> you know, you learn a thing or two. Oh, man. <laughs> you have any more questions in there, man? I'm, I'm wondering. You just, like, asked two questions. I know, but uh, uh, some of the things we were talking about made me think my other questions are ridiculous and no, stupid. It's not. So, no, 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 let's go, man. No, they are. No, they're not. Stop being self-deprecating on a podcast like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all already uh, mentioned um, Sun Ra, and uh, because, like in the context of uh, Kamasi Washington, um, you know, funnily enough, I saw this uh, photo of Kamasi playing with uh, Joey back in the day in what, uh, really? LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. And in that, in this photo, this was like before. You know, this is before. So he's wearing a suit and uh, a Popeye hat or something like something like a Popeye. I mean, so, uh, I mean, but I love Kamasi. And I, as, like I say in him in interviews, he seems like a really uh, sweet guy. But he's obviously taken a decision to, like a conscious decision to, like, um, yeah, take influence from Sun Ra, right? And spend the Afrofuturism, mm. right? So... Uh, I don't suppose you can manage to make anything much of uh, Afro future than yourself. <laughs> but <laughs> why, Paul? What, <laughs> what am I missing? Uh, I think maybe like your clock is not clean enough uh, or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So like, what do you? Well, yeah. What do you make of? Uh, what do you make of Sunrise? Like ever growing star. Wow. Jeez. Um, what is what is ever growing star? What is ever, that ever ever growing supernova that is Sun Ra? Yeah, I um, mean, he, I feel like those who kn those who knew always knew, right? Hmm. I what mean, about hmm. people who yeah, don't right. know? Right. Yeah, so pe a lot of people didn't know, but like he, a lot of people knew and, and appreciated from early on uh, his genius and, and how amazing his music is I certainly didn't know until I came here and heard it you know oh, from Thomas and and honestly just fell in love with the melodies I think the melodies yeah, are so that's beautiful true. Especially. that's true um, I've never you know there's a, there's you know there's some of Sun Ra's music that's like very near and dear to my heart there's others that's, it's not as close but um, like there's one god like Discipline 27-2 I think part B the um I'm, I was about to sing, and I am not going to sing. Uh, but it's, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, you know, this, this is one of the most beautiful melodies I've ever heard, right? Yeah, it's like stunning. a slow ballad um, on a record with like a purple bluish label. And um, I think mm. it's just called Part B. I don't even think it has a name. Um, but yeah, so I just fell in love with those melodies, and I think people have been in love with those melodies forever. And um, I think it's wonderful that people who know, who have a power to translate that music translate that energy try to recreate in some way you know tap into what he had tapped into um is is great I think and if would, that leads people to that music wonderful if it doesn't that's okay too like i said i don't think people have 
really a responsibility to do much of anything. But if they enjoy Kamasi's music and kind of they're getting some of that vibe, like that's beautiful, you know, that's great. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Uh, do you do you think I'm curious? Do you, how, what's what's your take on this whole responsibility to or not having responsibility to and education of the listener? Responsibility. Uh, no, I'm with you. I think. Uh, well, I'm with you both. Like I'm with you both in the sense that yeah, you you basically the first responsibility is to love the music that you're playing. But I also agree that um, you know you, uh, you in doing that you want to be able to communicate something like this. You don't. <laughs> You hope, yeah. I guess you would hope, like not just to to spend your life as a musician being true to yourself and nobody ever feeling anything. Hmm. That it happens. Right? It happens. Sure, man. Uh, I can't yeah. like tell you how many times I played with an empty room, man. Or yeah. Play start with a like a packed room, open up my eyes again, like none is there. <laughs> Absolutely, and I, I, like I think that's fine. I've done I've done that a lot too. A I, lot. I like that. I like it too because it's something new. Sure, because we were so like I remember when we were playing at Northgate like at the beginning and it was just so hot, man, so hot, like literally hot. <laughs> no, I know, man. <laughs> that fan, <laughs> it's one RPM. You Do you know, know like fail? <laughs> what? Did like it's the old fan? Oh yeah, I know the old fan. No, it, no, fell. it fell. It fell during like, a performance from my during my performance. Get out with Ivo, and it's like totally past my head. Oh my god! Yeah, and he broke the. Uh, is that why oak, I haven't? Is that why I haven't seen I- Ivo? Um, no, I, I think that's a different reason. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but <laughs> it's scary, uh, foreign, man. Foreign man like, tragically just, died today. Oh <laughs> god! It missed me, man. Like fuck! I still have the knot, the knot that like, yeah. That, oh my god! <laughs> it's like from that's the fan. That's crazy. The oak uh, oak saxophone got broken. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this fan saved my life. Um, it's funny that it almost killed you because this Safety fan saved life. my life on, on basically every night I ever played at Northgate. Oh, really? I was very... People might have thought that I was... Um, the new one is sturdy. Also, yeah, it's yeah. very sturdy. But I was... Uh, people might have thought that I really like to kind of like hog the the main area of the stage <laughs> for like, oh, he's, yeah, this guy really likes to be up front. He wants to be seen. No, uh, man, this is the only place with any moving and, air in that that's bar. that's probably true. It's the only that's place right. I wasn't sweating I, profusely. That's, that, that's true. No, but I remember, man, like we, like people would be standing and there would be some nights like, you know, it start out really hot, like a lot of people. And then when we play at the last band, it was just like, by the time it gets to midnight, mm. everybody left, mm. you know, and I don't give a fuck, man. It was it's because if, if we hit on point, I mean, if I'm happy what I played, I'm happy what I played. Man. Yeah, it's just absolutely. And then me many times. There's tons of people cheering on, and I'm so like, so disgusted with myself. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is this is not to say that like, um, you know, sometimes music that I don't love really like reaches people, and then music I love really doesn't reach people. Well, that's it's, the thing. It doesn't. It's, it, it's that's not my point about reaching people. It's about like reaching within yourself that you have accomplished your 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 goal. Your your task in in achieving what you want that night 
Sure. Right. Yeah, I think I, I think that's an add-on. If if it reached people, yay. Yeah, I, it's more that like it's not my like prime directive when I wake up and like yeah, I got I got to craft everything I do about. Like, no, but some people really need like that energy from people, like truly. Yeah. Like they can't function with the love from the people. They, I don't. But I don't think that's what Dan's talking about. He's not talking about like. Uh, getting that love back and the ador- adulation and all of that stuff. He's, you know, are you? No, no. He's talking about communication, man. Communication. Yeah, what communication? Oh, give me a fucking break. <laughs> <laughs> what communication? What are you talking about? I'm saying like, okay, you're talking about like, just to make it tangible, like we're talking about the playing to an empty room thing, right? Right. And like, I think I've, like I said, I've done that many times. I think there's like a real beauty in that. And it's not something I'm afraid of or shy away from. Okay. And, and at the same time, when I when I go in that you know I play in that empty room, my my overarching thought is not oh how do I fix this? There's something wrong with my art. I got to do everything I can to make my music attract a crowd. You know, mm. draw like this is not reaching people. How do I reach people? It's not that's not like the motivation behind my composing, behind my playing, behind, I, behind I my understand. search for a sound. But it is like something I check in on every now and then. Right. As I think that first and foremost what you're talking about is the most important thing is it is about following your inner voice being mm-hmm. authentic honest vulnerable like what is the music you want to play because mm-hmm. at the end, if you're if you're faking it like you also won't reach people right right but it's kind of like a you know you got this big ship right and um you know the the little the little turns is going to make everything you know day in day out like yeah that is always going to be motivated by mm-hmm. like what is the thing that's honest and authentic in the moment mm-hmm. but like you know, every thousand miles or something, like, yeah, is this is this working for my audience too? Like, am I am I communicating? Oh, not as much as I want. Right, maybe I'll just like I'll nudge it a little bit left or something like that. Or like, what's what's connecting? What's not connecting? So, mm. and, and again, that might, that might you know I probably could think of a long list of people who would disagree with that approach, but that's it's just something. It's a it's a it's a motivation for me because mm. I think that I have um, some people who. The specific people who I would love to really have enjoy my music and, and understand me in that w- in a, in that way because I mm. think it's it's a communication that I'm not capable of verbally, and so I you know I'm speaking through my music and I'm like man I really want to be heard mm. you know I want there's some people I really would love to like really hear this so it's something it's not it's not like my north star but it's something I do think about a little bit. that's very interesting yeah. I have so many more questions. Are you, are you, are you I okay? Have, I have questions. Okay, you have questions? Yeah, man. What question? Yeah, there's a reason I called you two here today. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's your question before I ask mine? Again? Oh, yeah, I mean, okay. Um, I guess, uh, you know, about, you know, about you guys. Like, what's, um, you know, what's next for you, right? Artistically, where are you mm. headed? Um, same to you, Polly. Like, you know, when I knew you, <laughs> when I lived here, like, you know, you were really deep into the saxophone, and now you've gone this kind of now kind of that direction with the flutes. You didn't <laughs> gave up. So, I'm very curious to know where you, where y'all are heading. And then, I guess the second question I have is somewhat semi-related. It's just, um, it's very interesting to be here right now for this short period of time and reconnect yeah, with true, you guys. True. And you know, since I've arrived, like since I was here last, like there's some new faces, right? You know, there's Andreas, there's, uh, there's ah, you know true. Matthew, yeah, um, Raphael, and like all of a sudden there's some new ingredients in, mm. in, in the city. Um, and I'm curious, like as artists and especially you LJ, because you're, you're like a recording and releasing artist. Um, 
Uh, okay, that sounded mind. really judgmental, but I just mean like <laughs> you know, recording, recording and vaulting. Recording and vaulting. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah recording and vaulting. Prints. Uh, <laughs> type prints. Um, like, how do you? How do you? How does it? The maybe the transience of of the place. Uh, and the coming and going of you know and yeah of, of people and musicians mm. like how do you how do you work with that as you build uh-huh. your life and art for the long term here yeah it's true so those you go, two you questions go first, what do you mean so he's asking mainly you well like no, mainly but the first you one is what are you all what are you yeah what are you all doing I'm not doing anything there we go I, yeah what um, the fuck well, I'm not doing anything I I kind of I mean I'm not saying I'm uh, giving up on music entirely but uh, you're so important to the music community brother but uh they, they, well, agreed well they, all i remember like the last time i was uh you know interested in uh, playing the horn i mean which i will do again i was more um i was trying to basically um get into being able to enjoy like my playing in the moment regardless mm. regardless of its almost regardless of its level and almost regardless of my ability because just i i, I felt like uh that it, if I'm able to kind of enjoy the moment and the sound, just like the pure like moment and sound, then that enjoyment is is bound to emanate out into the other into the audience as it's well. Beautiful, man. That's so. That's like the last thought I can remember having, at, artistic wise, at wise. Yeah. I mean, I, I gotta give it to Paul. Yeah. You know, in in like. <laughs> <laughs> what give away <laughs> no no man that was a genuine like I was, that was that was a beautiful moment no right but there. I mean man Paul is so like he he's so like undervaluing himself and he then doesn't understand it's classic Paul like like the the importance of of why you know you you are so important to the music scene here Paul I think you you should should be more encouraging I would I would agree man yeah it was uh, well, so thanks. many good things. Like so many uh, musicians in, in here loves you, man. I mean, like. Well, hey, I appreciate the love, but I'm I'm, I'm not um, sort of undermining myself with false words here. I haven't played this. I, I don't practice or pick up the horn anymore. But I, mean, I understand. Yeah. But I still want, I, I I still want him in my band. Yeah, just, I mean, just because of his uh, mentality is so nice. Yeah, it's fine. It's because it's funny <laughs> hearing you just verbalize that because I absolutely feel it when you play. Like you, true. I mean, I. I I mean, when I met you, you were just you're playing some alto, right? And mm-hmm. you just were like fearless every night. I've never I'm seen not you sure playing alto. That's, oh yeah, that's weird. It looks like a toy. Never, it looks like a toy. On I've this never guy. seen Paul <laughs> playing like, alto. It's like two percent of his height. Maybe I um, did. No, nice. you played alto for a while. I then. think my fo- my favorite moments uh, playing alto were. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the Northgate, but like it's, I, I loved playing the Sun Ra music, especially yeah. with uh, Thomas and Russell, Kevin, oh, everybody. I, I really loved that music, and I yeah. I that started to time. find like something in the alto that went along with that music. Uh, yeah, yeah that I enjoyed that. Time. It is working, and I and I really feel like um, like every time I come back every year, like you were just like, it's like stratospheric growth. I was like, what the f- man, Paul, sounding really fucking good right now. Mm-hmm. And, and, but more importantly, like I, you could absolutely hear what you just said, man. Like you, there's like a, a beauty and a joy and just like a non judgment in everything you play. Mm, just kind of, true. The vibe was so good. Like true. everybody is rooting for you. Like <laughs> no, rooting. I, no, I mean that it's like it's like you know you can come up like I, I feel like I struggled it. for a long time with like maybe very like shy body language. Like I tend to go into myself a lot. Like if I'm feeling uncomfortable, <laughs> I kind of like I shrink away, right? And like 
how I'm feeling about that moment, if there's any insecurity, like I, I at least I feel like I really project it. Whereas you project the opposite. You project like a real calm and it, yeah, it's just like a, yeah, I'm just here accepting what's coming out and, and it, it makes it really nice to listen to. Like I always, I've said this before and, and I, maybe you thought it was bullshit, but I, I really enjoy listening to you play. And I think it's because of that energy. Like it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's apparent. So, yeah, I think Kevin I says something like the same as Dan did oh, once. Thanks, too. thanks. I, I don't I, like back then. I don't think I like had to f- like fully uh, develop that attitude. I mean, st- I still haven't, but it's something that's like more and more. Well, like wh- especially when I when I see people, um, yeah, wh- when I see people like Esperanza Spalding playing bass and just like so ha- so like mm. expressing so much joy while she's doing it. Yeah, I, like yeah. that's and uh, there are other people in different ways. Uh, Pat Metheny, who like a Brian bunch of Blade. people, yeah, shit. Brian Blade, ex- so excellent happy example. To be on the drums. I love. I mean, Pan, you yeah, know. Pan. Yeah, I, lo- I just love this. I love this energy of people like into playing great, but more just a, like in so into it and and giving yeah. that you know yeah in that yeah. way. I and love that, that. That's yeah. It's really obvious, and it's. Um, I feel like it's something that maybe gets lost. Like, and at some point, you get like so caught up in. He's <laughs> like hating yourself and everything oh, you're yeah, not good at and you can lose it. Yeah, sure. like, or at least I certainly lost it for a really long time. Mm. Um, and I think it's a beautiful thing that you have. It's true, man. I mean, the, sometimes we take the audience for granted sometimes. And, and you know, I, I do it sometimes too. But I mean, I, well, I, don't, I, I don't know if I'm saying it right. I mean, there's, there's so many... Because I'm so so focused in achieving what I need to achieve, right? And yeah. and it's 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 really bad to like have the audience as a factor, you know. But mm-hmm. when you do get a compliment that is like life changing to them, is you you got to take notice and you put that in into like the uh, compliment box when mm. you need you need it when when you're in a in a really dark situation in your life. Because a lot of musicians will go through many rejection. Sure. Right. A lot of a lot more more downs and up. That's that's for damn sure. Mm. You know. Yeah, I mean, I guess in the end we're like all different because, uh, for example, just like give me, uh, no, no, to give to give one example. And I don't know if this is a good analogy, but um, I like me personally. I don't drink alone, so I've I I don't drink much anymore anyway. Although mm. I used to, but I don't drink alone. It, yeah. I don't get anything out of it. In fact, mm. it makes me like feel. Uh, pretty much instantly bad mm. but in a in a good crowd of people like surrounded by my family my brother's friends the yeah it's great it's a kind of it's a great social as like uh, we know like it's a great social sort of uh, glue and uh, lubricant lubricant <laughs> Hey man, jump on that <laughs> shit. Jump on that shit, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Lotion Look at you. Look at you. I'm throwing out lubricant and he's like, don't he's encourage. falling asleep there. <laughs> no, no, falling asleep. I'm just being very respectful. <laughs> respectful. Anyway, you know, uh, so it's kind of um, that, uh, that I, I'm not saying you can't like love playing like so. I actually do enjoy playing my horn and I can just alone. I enjoy that. But I, there's something extra about sure. there's something extra about being with people right yeah yeah um and i think you said something know. a second ago that was really um really nice I've, or at least it triggered, triggered something to me it was like uh yeah being just focused on kind of like the moment and enjoying the moment and sound in the moment yeah yeah like it's you know i i, I realize like a lot of times i can get away from that and um it, it's really like 
almost every time I have any problem in music, it's because I've made something about me, hmm. right? And it's not. It never is about. You know, it's about. First off, it's just. About, it's about the band, mm-hmm. and then it's about the room, right? And then it's about the city and the world and the energy you're putting out, like the vibe mm-hmm. and, and like if you're so kind of like, focus. There's something. There's different. There's difference between like being like channeling something from inside versus being focused on your inside to the exclusion of everything else. And so, if you're mm-hmm. yeah, if you're in there just like as Joe Lovano would say, like vibrating on tones or you're vibrating on that room and you're just putting stuff out with no judgment and just like, like a Brian Blade, like just enjoying the beauty of the moment and your brothers on stage and your brothers and, and sisters in the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I think that's a, it's such a, it's such a beautiful way to, pl- it's a beautiful place to play from. And it's, it's funny how easy it is to forget that. It's because mm-hmm. it's, it's so mysterious. It, and it's because, you know, the one at once you basically, have to have these wide open ears because because uh like you say you have to play with the band you have to be listening to everybody to the to the absolute maximum right Right, supposing you're playing in a band and at the same time to be uh in the moment not not thinking about anything it's it's like it's almost like you take all of that in and you get out of the way so it instantly just funnels back out it's almost like you know what i mean you don't want to be in the middle of that Mm-hmm. And but that's it's a complete mystery how that happens in a way, yeah, yeah. Um, except that you know you le- you learn to let it happen. Uh, sometimes it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to learn and en- you need to learn enough about the music you're going to be playing that you can get out of you know that you can then get out of your own way. That's right? my exit from this conversation. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> no, like you you can you like the music you're playing here. Like you've got it. You got like. I was I was talking I think to who was I talking to about this maybe you or Par but I was just like I don't think you have to learn like you don't have to learn everything there's a million things you could learn yeah, you right? did talk to me about yeah it. like yeah. you could like there's so many different styles of music like yeah, right. you could like spend your whole life like I'm gonna learn Indian what Carnatic am I pronouncing that correctly Carnatic I, I think so yeah okay like you could just dedicate your whole life to that mm-hmm. right and that's an entirely valid pursuit especially if that's what you are called to mm-hmm. and so that I I don't think there's like you know, yeah, we play this sa- the, this instrument that does have like a deep tradition that's is rooted in some like very specific kind of players and, and approaches and whatnot. But at the end of the day, like it's about like you you get to choose your own adventure with this. You get to choose what you focus on. And like hmm. if you know if, if you don't need bebop to play the music you play, then you don't need to learn bebop. You don't even need to like bebop, True. right? True. Like if that doesn't unlock. If that's not the the best route to unlock your music, then take the best route instead, right? Mm, right. And maybe like ten years from now, you find that, oh, there is something in bebop that I really need that would make my art stronger and, mm. and make me able to express more. Right. But you got to you got to arrive to it on your own terms. Like I, mm. it's I keep coming back. I don't. I really. I don't know if there's probably a name for like whatever school of thought this is. But like I don't feel like, the, like people have a responsibility to do. Mm like anything and I, I always feel this pressure like I gotta like I gotta learn this because that's what actually, you know, like, actually you're supposed to, to do and I, I, I completely yeah. don't believe that anymore no no I think you're probably right I mean and also I remember like a few conversations with uh, Louis mm. just saying like how he kind of you know Louis is someone that, like in, in the scene in Chiang Mai we think of someone who's like covered his bases right yeah, covered right, his right, like right. learned what he needed to learn but he'll tell you that he skipped over many things yeah, and, yeah. and had to go back later to fill right. in those things and, right. uh, and 
and that's what I'm doing now, right? Like right. I found I found my route to bebop because it it does feel like the key to the castle for me now. So I'm paying trying like paying dues that I should have paid a long time ago. But like I've come to it my own way, and that's led to me sounding right. a certain way that feels more honest and authentic. And and I'm I'm grateful for that, right? But if I never got there, instead if I had gone a different direction, I was recording a different kind of music, like then th- that would have been okay too. Hmm. Yeah. What about you, LJ, man? What's uh, tell me about the f- the future, the future of LJ, <laughs> the future of me. I don't know, man. Like this year, you know, I want I want to launch my album already, but it's it's just been so far stretch. <laughs> you know, mm. maybe it's a, a lot to do with with me, you know, being such a perfectionist that I don't don't release anything yet. Mm. But I will soon. I mean. I you know I have stuff ready and I'm you know that's the short term thing I'll, I'll release my debut album Ooh. solo debut album soon it's but I, I have so many projects man like Resume's back touring next month I heard that yeah I heard that yeah and uh, I don't know man there's so many things like I want to help out like a top ease um, I'm what I'm thinking long term is like everything I do from now is mostly about leaving something behind for people like i'm thinking more and more about the uh, sustainability of like the musician in chiang mai overall man mm. and mm. that and that will definitely have have effect to like the thailand musician uh, community like overall in the long run mm. like everybody would think about like how to be self-sustained and be able to go abroad not just like local shit anymore hmm. yeah and be more strongly like independent really independent and you know 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 more about the law about the distribution like now like everything is like nft and shit like that because the reason everybody that's how to we're re- releasing this podcast right no and that's <laughs> like everybody talking about of dollars LJ. no not yet <laughs> You know, going to blockchain and shit like that. Mm-hmm. No, but I'm thinking, you know, that could be another route too. But I'm thinking like more organically, like how we build like a, a community and keeping it. Because you experience it. You're the evidence hmm. of what Chiang Mai community could help you, right? Absolutely. You, you, yeah, you, sure. you, you take, take you reap, you really reap. Is it reap? Yeah, rip, yeah, yeah. Rip, rip, the, rip, rip the <laughs> benefit of what, like, you know, what this opportunity can, you know, can give you, man. Mm. And I think, like, I hope, like, you know, when when youngsters like come and see, you know, what you have done, it will, you know, rejuvenate them and inspire them to be able to take a grasp on their future and be able to to really take it beyond what they can think of themselves you know i mean very honored that you'd say that i also hope like my i do feel like i've taken a lot from this place but i've always tried to give a lot back to that's that's, um, that's the beautiful thing about you dan and mm-hmm. i think like, that you you're coming back and you know like the last sunday that we did a gig together that like there's like kids that don't usually come to to hear gigs at mm. at uh, Tapais. They they come and they want to experience new things. You know, there's mm. some some new audience I never seen. There's mm. like old audience that whoa, like whoa, why are you here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like and it's, it's just great, man. And I think I think that's what 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 kids needs today. They 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 need to be more like you know adventurous, and they they need to widen their ears. Like 
the palates of the the tongue mm. and this is the palate of the ears <laughs> yeah i mean i, I mean yeah so this, this place has always been it honestly feels more like a first home to me than it was about mm-hmm. to be a second but it's you know boston has been school and before sure. that before i came here i was like a whole different life in san francisco so right. like you know in the business thing so like this is the place that i lived the longest as a working musician mm in like a creative community like that felt like it real life like a school didn't you know wasn't entirely real life right so it it honestly feels like it's probably the place i feel most at home and and i love the community here is so special and like it's i think it would be a place i'm coming forever Mm -hmm. um and yeah as to what you're saying about the the broader community and the other musicians here i definitely think that you know, it's pretty cool to see, like, to come back every year and see how, like, right. you know, you know, like, Nong Night and, you know, yeah, like, these yeah. people are, like, changing and right, gr- growing yeah. so much. I mean, yeah, they're no, getting right. so much better. Um, and I do think that I, I, I agree with you that um, expanding horizons is, like, the it would be an amazing path forward for everybody. Like, sure, because it, Chiang Mai does have, like, a thing. Right, they do. It's got a thing, and it's hard to replicate, man. It it does, but also like it's getting away from that thing for a while is really good too. So if you took oh, true. if you took true. one of these, you know, the Zach Spurs is playing in Northgate a lot, and you like send him off to Paris for two yeah. years, yeah. or send him to New York, yeah. or wherever, and just like okay, deal with like a whole different world yep. now, a whole different scene, yep. a different kind of music, like even just like a different sound like I, these guys would come back their vibrato would be different right sure, like for sure man. their time feel would be different because um, sure. it is a very like it's a very specific kind of sound and style that I think you predominates know, that's here. why I left Northgate in uh, 2009 2009 2010 to go to to Bangkok oh uh, to yes, to right. Bangkok. yeah, yeah, yeah so even there it's a, a different thing yeah I right? mean I went there to like you know go uh further down my my music uh, career path you know and i think i think kids need to take more chances like that but of course you know it doesn't m- mean like we we can't be the one that give them that experience and and take can care of them in under our umbrella to to really like harness their skills you know and i sure there's a lot like you said like there might be kids that go to fucking non for one year and doesn't learn shit <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's so well, why don't you like spend here? Like, I'll send you fucking to die into knowing and just like go okay. fuck yourself there first. <laughs> but at least you have a guidance. Yes, yeah, a guidance yeah. book. <laughs> go fuck yourself and die into knowing. <laughs> no, you gotta you gotta go on that journey, right? <laughs> like, like, I think that in general, like mo- moving is is good. Yeah, moving yeah. And around, traveling, traveling, traveling. Around, you know, um, you know, fall in love, get heartbroken. You know. Get your clock clean. Uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> you know, get wet. <laughs> oh, my, my God. Lord, my Lord, I, I my feel Lord. like we can talk forever, man. We can. This I could know. be a 24-hour podcast. It could be. I'm it's, getting cold, though, so... Uh, I, I, I know, I, know I, I turned the uh, AC up a little bit too high. Well, it was, it was hot in here when I got here, man. I was I, like, yeah, I figured this is going to be, like, the hot seat. I don't need it to be the hot room, too. Oh, man. Oh, so, man. so how long are you staying, then? Uh that's a good question. Okay, so, don't answer that. Then. Yeah, probably, uh, I think, till the end of the month. Okay. Yeah, till the end of the month. 2023. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, I don't have, I'd say one of my greatest weaknesses is, is leaving this place. I know, right? I, know, I really right. should buy round-trip tickets to, to protect myself from my tendency uh, to never, that's, that's, never leave. A lot of people just ditch that ticket. 
I, yeah, don't, I mean, don't do it. Yeah, don't well, do I, I don't. I, I just buy one ways, so I don't have to dish the ticket. Um, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But then I, then I am like, oh, five months have gone by and I'm still here. How did that happen? Yeah, man. Um, so no, yeah, I, th- but- I think the end of the month. But um, you know, I have. I, I really want to um, keep exploring things with the trio. Like that's been really exciting for me. And yeah, same here. Get some man. new places to play and. Um, all, all you got in America is a cupboard in Bushwick anyway, so, you know. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to yeah. <laughs> move, move from my beautiful house in Wuolai to a little storage locker with no windows and like a corrugated metal gate. Man, I didn't know <laughs> you like Bush that much. Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. We got it, man. Man, oh, what, what do you want to uh, leave before we conclude this fucking conversation for for all the musician that probably been listening to our dick jokes and shit? What do I want to leave with? Yeah. Oh, man. That's a good question. Yeah, man. I, I mean, know. I think you'll probably come back and do another another episode oh. when you, you're more famous than that. <laughs> <laughs> when, like, four people know. When, and someone more than my mother, my father, and my brother know me and listen to oh, my music. Oh, my God. Um, no, man. I just, uh, I, I don't know. This is such a, it's such a gift, you know? Mm-hmm. It's such a gift. Like if you had asked me uh, 10, 12 years ago, like mm. where do you think you'll be, right? Right, right. In a podcast studio <laughs> with you motherfuckers <laughs> in Chiang Mai would have mm. been my last answer. Like that's true. This it's such a it's such an adventure, right? This has opened up so much. The, the um, guys that you brought here from uh, Berkeley with, uh, in Abacus when mm-hmm. you came, like what do they what do they think of that now? How do they look back, look oh, back that's on interesting. that? Interesting, I forgot. Uh, they, st- I mean, they're still like, when's the second tour? Uh-huh. Ah. <laughs> they had, they had a life, I think a life changing experience. I think I they did. It was for yeah. some, several of them the first time that they had been to, well, I mean, it's been international, so they've been to other countries, but they had never been to Asia. Yeah. Right. Um, kind of always like grew up in a Western existence. So, mm. um, I think it was really eye-opening. Um, the reception could not have been more positive. They're all like, when can we come back? Um, mm. So, yeah. No, they loved it. That's um, interesting. But, yeah, man, I, I just, uh, I think that um, it's, not the, it's not the easy path mm. any of us have chosen, no. right? But um, I think at the end, the reward will be nicer. Yeah, it, it is really a, it's a beautiful one and, and quite a gift. And I'm, I'm just grateful for it and grateful mm. it led me to uh, this moment in this room with y'all right now. I was just thinking, like, you know, I already made, you know, made, what is that, come to terms with, like, I might die like Mozart and be, like, thrown into the ditch of, like, the corpse <laughs> and shit <laughs> to achieve this path. Mozart was thrown into a ditch? Yeah. Really? Sad, it's, like, one of the sad, more sad than Jaco getting beat up by a fucking bouncer. I didn't know this. Yeah, like, at the end of Mozart's life, he was so, like, poor like uh, he was finishing his like uh, requiem and he couldn't really finish it and he died before mm. and like he was like thrown to like you know he doesn't have like a a, a fucking um, oh, grave a, a grave yeah. like yeah just like yeah sad huh wow yeah I mean I rock and roll that's um, yes <laughs> <laughs> and we don't really know how he died hmm that's the thing well, I won't. I won't let them throw you into a ditch, oh, LJ. Thank you, man. I'll be here and I'll you stop that. <laughs> stop that, man. <laughs> you, you, you're a great asset, man. I'm a great. <laughs> you're a great asset to the musician community. Oh man, as are as are you. I think you'll be the bridge. 
think of this. The bridge. Look, man, I'm I'm at the age of my life where I know like in some time I have to transit into being like a fucking like a uh, pipe smoking cigar. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> Chucking like guys with like you know going in and just like being a fucking manager or transit into like the background back room, you know. You do have that smoky backroom vibe. I do. Too, I do. I grew yeah, up with yeah, that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nashville taught me a thing or two. Oh man. <laughs> what to do in the backroom? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not getting out of here easy, guys. <laughs> That's hard. All right. Paul looks really cool, and man, it's such a great conversation I, i hope we it's get to pleasure. do this again brother it's i been, would love to it's been yeah. great it's it's been an absolute pleasure sorry for you know yapping yapping oh, so man, much i love oh, it man i'm prone this, to verbosity i love it man i think yeah. this this got to be the like the new format of our podcast paul just getting people in and talk about dick jokes hey man <laughs> do what you're good at <laughs> any conclusion you you cold motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> No, that's it. I've said it all. I've said all right. it all. I've said all, all right. I have to all say. right, man. Let's call it there. All yeah. right. Until next time. And you know, yeah. everybody who's listening, thank you so much. And we have Dan Albert here. And you know, go follow him somewhere in the fucking world, <laughs> in a like social down media. a dark alley. Yeah. Where do you live? Where did you live in a social media world, man? Oh man, shit. I uh, I'm I'm total luddite. I barely post, but my I have an, I have an Instagram. Okay, it's uh, at Dan Albert Music. Okay, and um, yeah, follow along for maybe like. One or two posts a year. It's a don't real. You, don't you have a website? I have a website, but that's also yeah. I'm I'm working on it. The digital thing is coming. Okay. Yeah. So what is your website? Keep on keep following your meme pages and everything. Uh, if right. you if you want if you crave content, I'm not your guy. But um, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> but, but we're you know 2022 is is uh, hopefully that's gonna change. Man, that's so many things gonna happen in 2022. Exactly. And happy New Year to you guys who just listening. You know, I know it's February, and this is like I think it's our first. No, 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 no. A month no. ago. Oh shit! We went yeah. over this. You already, you already did the I'm, late yeah. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the, you know, it's like a fucking, fucking, <laughs> fucking Happy New Year's every fucking day. Let's, let's, we may as well God say, cleaning. we may as well say Merry Christmas. Twenty three. Jesus. Well, like and share, everybody. Like and, and share. Uh, yeah, and until next time, guys. Take care. Bye. See you. This is the Depth Charge Podcast by me, Ed Sugars, live from the Swan Studio in Chiang Mai.